0: Previously on Elite Week
1: I've seen things you people wouldn't believe Hmm. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate All those moments will be lost in time like <clears throat> tears in rain.
0: There are huge advertising budgets only when there's no difference between the products. If the products really were different, people would just buy the one that's better. Advertising teaches people not to trust their judgment, advertising teaches people to be stupid. <laughs>
2: I guess every once in a while, both suns shine on a womp rat's tail.
3: It is the unknown that defines our existence. We are constantly searching, not just for answers to our questions, but for new questions. We are explorers. This song is dedicated to two rich old white men
0: that nobody really likes, and all of us stuck in the middle. Hello, hello, and welcome to Elite Week. I hope you're ready for a good time because this is Elite Week, episode 48, Friday, November 6, 2020, Galactic Water Cooler with special guest Dan D. Lyon of the Paladin Consortium. All right, so let's go ahead and introduce everybody. Uh, I am Kaizen, your host on this little trip through the galaxy. We've got my co-pilot, The uh, ever-trustworthy Roy Cookson. Say hello to the beautiful people, Roy.
1: Good evening, morning, everyone. Glad to be here.
0: Yes, yes. Happy time zone to you. We've got Arson Cross on the tech. Arson, say hello. Hello, everybody. Without the mute button this time.
3: Oh, I just (laughs) had one of the two mutes muted. So we're good. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Hi. (laughs) Hi tweet 74 say hello to the beautiful people hello
2: hello everybody glad to be back hope everybody's strapped in and ready to
0: get edumacated this evening absolutely and this one goes out to our guest tonight dandy lion from paladin consortium say hi Dan.
4: hi dan and uh, thanks everyone for for having me and uh, this one back at you
0: beautiful gonna be one of those nights strap in folks all right so let's start off right away with uh the opening song okay so i've decided that i want to highlight some cool funky little bands and and different things that people might have not heard of anybody who's ever spent time with me in the discord when we're playing music and doing the jukebox knows that i've got a thing for for cute chicks with awesome voices that sing covers of songs that we all know and love so That was Pumple Moose singing Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Our closing song is actually going to be Pumped Up Kicks by Teresa Curatolo. So both of those are in the show notes. Go, if you're like, man, I was jamming out to that song. That's some cool shit. Go click on the links, check their YouTube pages, you know, follow their projects, buy their albums, do all of the things because I want to highlight cool artists of, uh, just stuff that I like. So hope you enjoy it. And, uh, we're going to get into the, uh, the uh, cover art for this week's episode. We had everything planned out and then some people sort of, sort of came in and, and did their thing too. And it's like, Oh, it wasn't going to be the exclusive that we thought it was going to be, but it's still cool. So we'll talk about it later. All right. So right off the bat, let's start off with a happy anniversary to Elite eight years ago today. The Kickstarter launched for Elite Dangerous. How time flies. And let's also give a big shout out to the fact that right now you can get this game for $7.49 or five guinea quids of Her Majesty's weird currency on Humble Bundle until Monday. So go get it if you need to get another copy. We want to send out best wishes for a speedy recovery to Colin Ford of Lave Radio and family. They all got the Corona, but I uh, literally just spoke with Colin earlier today. And he said that they're over the worst of it. Everybody is like the the fevers are all, you know, sort of gone. And most of the stuff is back on the whole, you know, everything's on the mend. Everything's going well for them. Also, best wishes for a speedy recovery to Mal for the win, who actually sort of collapsed yesterday with some sort of allergic reaction to something was rushed to the hospital Uh, wife for the win uh had indicated that you know uh like okay everything was gonna be okay everything he got there on time and everything fine so uh we're waiting to hear back and hopefully everything is going to be good um yeah absolutely and colin ford is listening tonight on the stream so uh yeah yeah absolutely he just said thanks for the to the shout out I'm, I'm so glad that you and your family are doing well just today three hours ago four hours ago whatever China launched a bunch of satellites on a long March Five rocket. Um, big salute! That shit is pretty cool. So check it out. And I just want to give a little shout out to those of you who enjoy like keeping an eye out on the night sky. The Torrid meteor shower will be happening on November 10th and 11th. So keep your eyes out for it because over this week, uh for for a couple of nights, you're going to have really good view of uh, of some spectacular meteor showers. Roy,
1: hit the plugs. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash eliteweek and on Twitch at twitch.tv uh, forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. Uh, for sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash discord, where you can check out community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments Anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. That's midnight UTC, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So come and join in on the fun. That's oh, is it one a.m. one a.m.
0: Uh, since the daylight switch. daylight saving That's is right. over. Yep. Yeah,
1: if you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, or whatever platform you use, and let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show.
0: We are we are seamless here. Uh between Arson playing the recorded plugs, that's a new trick I have where I watch. can
1: talk twice at once. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know if you caught that.
0: And then and then getting the time, oh, it's like, okay, we're gonna go ahead and just have you redo that whole thing. We'll wait
3: patiently. <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> just and the best part is I wasn't even supposed to play it. Yeah, know.
0: yeah, we're just time. We'll we'll record it clean next week. It's all good. <laughs> so. Welcome, welcome. All right, so uh, now that now that Dan kind of has an idea what kind of outfit he signed up with here, <laughs> he's probably like, "All right, guys, I gotta go." Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, "Hey, no, welcome.
4: Um, <clears throat> you're not getting rid of me that easy." <laughs>
0: <laughs> right on, right on. So let's jump into this. You are with the Paladin Consortium, and you guys. Well, I, I, I tell you what, I have some some knowledge of you guys, but let's do this a better way. Let's have you tell me about you tell me Why how you guys don't you tell me what
4: you know about us all right well. we, we, um, we we do just about everything um, we've got guys who, who live for the bgs uh, we used to be very heavily pvp mm-hmm. um we we lost a lot of guys to um various reasons a few years back but we are slowly getting back there um shameless plug for newbie tuesday we are hosting the the pvp sort of training with Mike Metallic of, I'm not going to pronounce this right, I think it's Word or
0: Wired. The Warriors of Weird, but it's That's the W-Y-R-D as in the the system where the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Dweller lives.
4: Some guys call it Word, some guys call it Weird. I'll I'll never get it right, just because there's two sides to it. Um, but he's he's hosting it for, well, he's not hosting it, he's training for us, and it's it's brilliant laugh. Um, I was on last month's. we do it monthly on every second Tuesday, Mm -hmm. as of last month. So, um, decent turnouts. It is a good laugh. So, shenanigans.
0: Beautiful. So let's dive into that. Just, just a little bit more. As, as I understand it, Paladin Consortium actually was sort of formed. It started off as the idea was like you were going to be the A-Team. Like there were situations where there were Care Bears out there that were getting griefed and attacked and whatever. And your, your squadron or your unit or, or, or your group, your player group, was formed as a sort of direct answer to that. That people that were in need could call out. And the Paladin Consortium, if they felt that the cause was just and righteous, you guys would sort of ride out as a little like mercenary for good group and go out there and fight against that. This was long, long ago. And subsequently, you guys have gone through sort of many iterations and change your, you know, different groups come in and go and whatever. But... You guys are now focusing on this, as you said, every second Tuesday, you do a big class for new new pilots or even not new pilots, but people who are maybe wanting to make that move from playing you know, solo mode only or private group only and, and may want to say like, hey, how can I learn a little bit about things to do to protect myself so that I can try if I want to play in open or just have a better understanding of, of techniques and doctrines to maintain t- tactical capabilities and survivability, right?
4: No, that's exactly right, yeah. So, everything from um, when to fight, um, how to fight, so obviously we're, we're doing a lot with the the whole flight assist off, which I know is daunting for a lot of people, it's daunting for me, so <laughs> um, it's it's quite a big thing. We, we've got guys who, who sort of fly exclusively F.A. off, as they mm-hmm. call it, so it's quite a big thing. So yeah, um, obviously power management, which a lot of people, if you're, if you're only playing in private group or solo, as you say, you're not going to touch that because what is it? Why am I doing that? Um, we, we cover in depth, not only what modules you should set to what priority group, but why you should do it, which um, for, for me, especially when somebody says, this is why you should do it. I'm more inclined to, to actually listen rather than just do this so um, Mike's really good credit team for that so beautiful beautiful
0: so again uh we're gonna have in the show notes for all of the new commanders or not new commanders who just want to come along uh to see what what are the doctrines and and techniques that are 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 shown uh we have your in our listing uh for the squadron so people can look into that but we also have two discords uh well no it's just the bit.ly link to the discord And we've got the the full Discord link. And uh, that way people can go. And as you said, uh, you said second Tuesday, yeah? Yeah, every second Tuesday of the month. So this week it falls on November... Or this month, rather, it falls on November 10th, I believe, yeah? It does, yeah. Um,
4: And next month it will fall on, when I move my calendar over, on the 8th.
0: So... What we're going to do is uh also just make sure I'm putting it in the notes of my calendar, but also make sure to just sort of hit me up every month because we're going to highlight every month the week before this happens. Like, Hey guys, put it on your calendar, go out there and get involved. If you, you know, hopefully you'll be able to go to this month's, but maybe you can't, maybe on the, you know, on the 10th, you've got a thing that you're doing in which case, you know, you can catch December so on December 10th or well, not 10th on second Tuesday of December, but, um, We definitely want to promote the idea of A, you know, we're not telling anybody how to play. I'm not, but, but I think that it's a richer, more vibrant experience if you play in open. So it would be if you choose that you want to make that play into playing in open and you want to get involved in more things in open, it's only smart to just go to classes, learn stuff, go check out videos, check out different things and just simple things like, you know, Tweak did a tip uh, a week or two back where he was like, hey, man, when you, if you're going into Shindes in open, or you're going into, you know, uh, Desiat and open, like, here's what you do. You jump into the system. You immediately, you know, pick a, a point that's going to be your, uh, high wake point. Just in case shit gets a little hectic, you can high wake out or, and there's different approaches and different things. And you're going to see all of this on the class that they're going to show you on the 10th, plus much, much more. I think you, you also have stuff like, what to do with thargoid hyperdictions or whatever if i'm not mistaken
4: uh we haven't got that yet okay. um obviously it's a very new thing so mm-hmm. um trying to gauge obviously community response to it so if people want how to survive thargoid interdictions we well, can certainly sort something out for that um how how to sort of as, as you say going into shinrata and and Desia, Mm -hmm. how to make it to the engineers in the first place so yeah um obviously if there's need for it um, as community manager of um paladin consortium just a bit of a shameless plug there um, Mm -hmm. by all means join the discord give me a prod let me know that this is the sort of thing that you want to see and i can sort of pull the strings and make that happen
0: beautiful let's hear some love in the chat for paladin consortium and and like i said avail yourselves of their services, go check them out and, uh, and get involved in their discord in their community, uh, very cool community and, uh, just, just awesome people. So, um, yeah, beautiful. All right. So, uh, Dan, now we're going to take you on a tour and we're going to see, uh, things you can get a little weird. We'll see what you think. Oh boy. Let's, <laughs> let's start off with, uh, oh, I'm sorry. So, so rude of me here. Um. Does anybody from the, the group have anything they want to hop in on on the Paladin Consortium before we move on to the next thing and then we'll do the dot system? Right on. Go
2: yeah, ahead. I, I would just add real quick that uh, playing in open, to me, it, it brings a, an edge of excitement to the game that you don't get when you play in private group or in solo. And, and not just my opinion per se but we've got a bunch of guys in open pilots initiative opix we are an open only squadron and we've got guys in the squadron that never did before they always played in private group or in solo until they came to us and we taught them how to survive in open and they have told me how much more fun they're having with it and it just brings the game to life for them so i would highly suggest anybody out there that's afraid of it or curious about it go to these classes it's great information and it will improve your
0: gameplay absolutely right on well said all right it's time for the dark wheel update let's get to this all right so the dark wheel update has been interesting this week so as as you know last week we were all in on operation shindez we were pushing it hard we were going at it and we were charging for you know we were hell-bent for leather and what we noticed was <clears throat> after several days of strong gains, I'm talking uh, just off the top of my head, like four days in a row of consistent gains that took us up like 12% or something of that nature, we then immediately started backsliding. And despite the fact that we were putting up literally thousands of influence plus and minus of plus for us and minus for others, uh, in the system of Shinra Desra. we were consistently daily for several days in a row backsliding and we put in millions of credits in bounties for our side. We did millions of credits of trade profit. We did millions of credits of universal cartographics every day concerted effort by many commanders, as well as the massive amount of influence, and none of it was having an effect that was in any way made sense to us. We were literally turning up our efforts and going from getting massive gains to anywhere from blight to pretty massive losses, and it made no sense. The harder we worked, the less it worked for us. So after all of this process, after all of this sort of uh, um, came to a head and and, and morale was sort of taking a hit from people going like, what the hell, man, this does not make sense. It does not add up. Something is hinky here. We took it to the forums and uh, posted a sort of very clearly uh, and very detailed Like we did this on this day. We did this on this day. This happened. Here's a picture of this. Here's a picture of that. There's three ticks that happened this day. What the hell was that about? This happened. This happened. We gave a very detailed listing of here's what's going on and we don't understand it. And it was uh, posted by me and many, many, many commanders signed on saying like, Hey, we would love an answer to this, please Uh, frontier. If you, if you could. And, um, uh, I also took the, uh, opportunity to sort of reach out to the community management team and make them aware of the thread, uh, to which I sort of received a response back from the community management team saying like, Hey man, I highly doubt that anybody that works at frontier is taking time to tinker with, the uh, BGS to screw you over. Like I, that doesn't make sense to which I responded. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not suggesting that what I'm saying is that I think. There is some background rule set that is in place for certain systems, including Shinrada, that is screwing us here. I would very much appreciate it if you would look into it and find out, is there some background rule set that we're not aware of that is causing this issue? Because if in the end, Frontiers, you know, this is your game. We're playing it. If Frontiers statement is like, yeah, man, leave Shinrata alone. We don't want you screwing with that. Then we'll, we'll, we'll stop. We're not, we're attempting with this experiment to test the limits of what can be done. And if it cannot be done, if you don't want us to do it, we'll go do other stuff. We're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to piss in your water bottle here. We'll we'll, we'll leave. We'll be good boys. We just need to sort of know so that we we don't keep wasting our efforts because there's a lot of your customers that are playing this game. They're putting in four or five hours a day on this thing and are being very, very frustrated by results that don't in any way match their, their work level. (laughs) I got a response back from the community management team, which I shared publicly with this discord and all of the people that follow the elite week discord. So if you follow the standing orders channel as like 17 other discord servers do uh, you got this information. If you follow the announcements channel as like 10 other servers do, you got this information. I posted it publicly, a link to it in the BGS server for, for their edification. And I posted it publicly on the forums. I received a response back from the community management team, Bruce Garrido, uh, saying, Hey man, I looked into it with the devs. And yeah, you're right. There is a rule set that's involved for Shinrada that's causing you an issue. Um, our feeling on Shinrata is that it is above the petty squabbles of the BGS. That you can do some things and move some stuff around within certain parameters here and there in Shinrata, but we have it set up such that nobody will be expanding out of Shinrata, just as we have already publicly stated no one will be expanding into Shinrata Desra. Um, I posted. Uh, uh, a direct picture of that shrink cap. I first got permission from uh, from Bruce saying like, "Hey man, is this okay for me to share publicly?" And he said, "Yeah, of course, go for it." So I posted that for everyone. So anyone who's got a bug up their ass saying like, "Whoa, wow, streamer privilege," or "Oh, you know, content creator gets an answer," dude, I'm rooting for every commander to get answers to their questions with regard to stuff on the forums. I have publicly and privately on repeated. Uh, opportunities brought forth my advice to frontier to like hey it would be really good for you i think to engage a little bit more on the forums and try to answer not everything you can't but the ones that are appropriate really sort of give some answers to some questions with bgs issues or other things on the forum so that you know your player base is more knowledgeable and can understand what they're doing so that they are enjoying the time that they're investing playing your game when they come home from work and are done. You know, because let's be honest, there are certain aspects of BGS that are a second job. And if you come home from work, a long day of work, and then sit there and grind away at a project for three or four hours of BGS, it really I I root for every commander out there to get, if so long, this is a legitimate question, to get some information. Um, so again, it's posted out there. Everybody's on an equal playing field. Nobody, I don't have any advanced information that you do not have. That was the entirety of the communication on that issue. I did, don't have any extra details that I held back so that we have some advantage that the rest of the world doesn't. Uh, I am a, a firm believer of free communication and information um, for all. So that's that. That is where Operation Shindez is. Before I move on, I know Arson had a point that he wanted to make on that. So go ahead and hop in.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to just kind of highlight the fact that the the test is complete. Uh, as As Kai put it in Discord, uh, you know, this is a win for us. We went out, you know, there was uh, hearsay and rumors because, uh, you know, not everything has data shared in the BGS. Um, about people experiencing these kinds of issues with uh, not being able to expand or push the faction over a certain threshold. And we have live in a way that is publicly visible to everybody and has attention proved that. And not only did we prove it, but you know the attention on the project got Frontier to respond to it, which really highlights, in my opinion, uh, the dedication Frontier has to Uh, paying attention to community events and initiatives that are happening because we're not the only group getting this attention. Um, Many other groups and streamers are as well. And I think this is one of the greatest times in Frontier's community management for Elite Dangerous specifically uh, that's been.
0: Absolutely. I think the community management team is doing a fantastic job of engaging. I will state that I honestly do believe that I feel like uh, uh, while I give them a huge attaboy, I'm also, you, you know me, I'm not, I'm not going to blow sunshine up your ass. I'm going to tell you the truth. I feel like they could engage a little bit more on the forums specifically. I feel like there are some people and I know it's hard because, uh, uh you know, I've been on the forums for the last couple of days posting on this thing. And just the amount of salt and grief and whining and whatever that you get is just so uh, draining. But like, in interspersed within all of that, there are some legitimate people out there that are asking legitimate things. And I, I feel like they deserve a little bit more uh, as hard as it is. And I, I definitely don't fault for a tear for not wanting to hop in hard on that, because it seems like you answer one question and all it does is get salt from 10 other people going, well, you gave an answer, but not to my thing. And it's like, dude, we can only do so much at one time and, you know, we give you it's like I give you a ham sandwich and you say, hey, what? No turkey. And it's like, well, fucking give that back to me then. I'm done. But but like, yeah, I, I do want to try to encourage 100% um, Frontier to to continue to reach out as they've been doing on in such an amazing way on so many different avenues I want to, to encourage them to to do it even more so on the forums because there, there are legitimate people out there on the forums that do deserve answers to their legitimate questions. And I am I, I am 100% a fan of more people getting, getting that interaction. So um, I will continue to try to champion that. I know that some people are going to be pissed at me that like, oh, you're a streamer and you're whatever. Like, dude, I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for all of us. I'm just a commander just the same as you. Um, I have the same rights, I should be able to ask questions too, And 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 I'm trying I'm rooting for all of us a win for any of us is a win for all of us in my book. So, so that's that with regard to Operation Shindez. I call it a win, we've succeeded in proving the point and getting an answer. And now we move on. Um, having done that, we are now focusing 100% of our efforts uh for the black sky legion on lave we're gonna get this sorted we're gonna get it moving in the right direction so we are pending expansion now out of Turdetani already that expansion will happen in the next 10 days and when it happens we will land in lave i'm planting the flag i'm saying we're doing this shit let's get it done now we're also in prolac that we landed in that's our first step on the way to lft 509 we definitely have not forgotten that that is uh that is 100 our uh uh our our, our goal and I, I, just on a personal level and i'm only speaking for me personally this is not me speaking as the entire project i think personally that 509 is the place where i pin my high hopes on this i had a talk with burr actually on his stream uh, yesterday on the breakfast club afternoon stream. They moved it to the afternoons and it was a phenomenal stream. You can go check out his, uh, the burp hit, uh on the Twitch page and you can see that for the next two weeks. Go check it out. I had a conversation with him and I said like, and, and we were both saying, yo, I think five Oh nine is the one that's going to be, you know, big time party hooray, whatever. And maybe it's not whatever, but I think that that's, I, I honestly feel like I've got super, super excitement and high hopes for what's going to happen. Uh, but we'll we'll find out on Lave within the next ten days, uh, and we will uh, uh, after that in 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 between our dedicated jumps to work towards LFT five hundred nine. We will make that jump to our test system for Soul, and we will officially test Soul to get it off the get it off the docket. Our jump that took us to Prolac was at the extreme range of Seoul. so theoretically it was possible that that could have triggered into Sol, but that wasn't the test. The test isn't to see if, you know, just at the ex- most extreme range possible we can get in there. The test is to see if from right sort of next door we can get in, and we're, we're still going to test that. Um, but, uh, so, Lave is good, 509, oh nine. We're move- we're moving, we're marching. And uh, uh, soul, we will absolutely be testing. So that's that tweet. Why don't you uh go ahead and give us a little presentation on uh on on Space Heroes channel? Our boy DJ Wiley, yeah, f- yeah, friend of the
2: show DJ Wiley and his uh alter ego for YouTube Space Hero, and they're the same guy. Uh, he, this is the guy, if you remember a while back uh, when uh the Dev Diary came out and they highlighted some of the planets he went out and showed uh this is what it looks like now and this is what it looked like in the odyssey dev diary video that was great he put out another great video this this last week about the Adamaster master halloween event uh, um i i can't suggest enough everybody to, to go out and check this out the the link will be in the show notes of course the first half of this video is very the whole thing is very informative but the first half is spoiler free so if any of you at this point have not gone out and followed these breadcrumbs on your own yet and you still want to you can still watch the first half of this video kind of get an idea of what's what and and go out and do that and he's very great about telling you okay stop watching now if you don't want to be spoiled and then he continues on with it. And and in pure space hero style, it's just high quality, very informative, very easy to follow, a great watch. And I highly suggest everybody check
0: this out. Great job, DJ. Right on. And, you know, the thing that I love about uh, the way that he presented this particular video is it is in two halves. The first half of the video is literally just the locations without any Play of the audio logs or pictures of the audio logs or anything that would spoil it. It's just this location picks up a piece, then you go to this location, pick up a piece, then you go to this location, pick up a piece. So if you're like, hey man, I'm having frustrations trying to get to the places, but I don't want you to show me the stuff, I want to experience that for myself live. DJ Wiley gave you the perfect way to do it because it's literally just place one, place two, place three. Then At the halfway mark of the video, he says, okay, now we're going to show you all of the stuff. So if you don't want to fly out there, or if right now you're like, hey man, I'm on the blah, blah, blah expedition, and I'm right now uh, out at Salome's Reach, I really want to see what's going on with this thing, but I don't want to whatever. Well, then you can go with his second half, which shows all of the, okay, here's what you would see if you experienced it for yourself. Absolutely high quality stuff, cannot recommend enough. And let me tell you something. Space Heroes Challenge, the YouTube channel, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I'm gonna go check that out. Don't just click on this one video and be like, yeah, that was great. That was really, really good. This guy doesn't put out content like regular, regular. This guy puts out content like five or six times a year, but he is a sniper. When he puts something out, he puts out like the most top quality stuff. So Right now, subscribe to his channel. You're not going to get flooded with a bunch of shit. You're going to get four or five times a year. I noticed that he put something out and it's going to be great. So go go sign up for it. All right. Next up, we've got Galnet News Digest. I, I want to do a shout out about Galnet News Digest. Frontier has upped their game with Galnet 100%. We've all been talking about it. But I really, really, really want to shout out specifically... Watherspoon and Beetlejune, uh and Galnet News Digest. This is a YouTube channel, which you can get it by going to the YouTube and subscribing. Uh, it, a link is in the show notes. You can hear the uh, uh, Galnet News Digest updates uh, embedded in or at the tail end of pretty much every episode of Lave Radio and uh, Hutton Orbital Radio uh podcast Hut normal truckers radio podcast uh his stuff is just great and as much as i you all know i love Watherspoon. you've heard me gush a million times about him he is the absolute best he is he is not only an outstanding human being he but he's witty and funny and even you know, he's ripped me apart three or four times with different things that he's done where he p- plays, you know, okay, this is the Zen bot that's whatever that's dispensing onion head and running around the galaxy and whatever and every time he's lampooned me, I've absolutely loved it. It's never come from a mean place. He's so awesome. He he honestly, I believe that he is one of the people that is the soul of Elite Dangerous. If you look at, you know, he's every every episode of Live Radio has one of his his news digest added to it. Every episode of Hutton has some something that he does on it. And he often is one of the main presenters on air, and if not, he he does a segment on it. He is one of the editors of the Sagittarius I uh you know podcast and he does the stuff for for sound editing and whatever for that. He is one of the editors uh or not editors, sound editors or uh, yeah sound editors uh for guard frequency uh podcast uh that that cover you know star citizen elite dangerous no man's sky and, and other space sims um he is just everywhere with regard to elite dangerous he is one of what i believe is a, a, oh and also <laughs> he is one of the voices of and and, and main uh Sort of people in the crew of uh, Docker's podcast, which is a hilarious, rude, crude humor thing. As far as I'm concerned, yes, absolutely. His face is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of Elite Dangerous content. Um, so I just wanted to do a shout out because not only is, is I, I'm, I'm madly in love with Watherspoon, he's just one of the most awesome human beings, but I'm madly in love with Beetlejuice. She is so awesome and he has. Recently, over the last several months, brought her on, sort of. Well, over the last couple months, has brought her on to help out with the massive amount of content that is coming out now that Galnet is coming out several times a week, and you know everybody knows and loves Beetlejuice from her artwork that she's done in the past to stuff that she's done with the Hutton Trucker, stuff that she's done on. She can be seen on just about every live stream that Elite ever does. That that she's commenting on stuff and. And, uh, she's just great and they're great and, and it's totally awesome. And also just FYI, they're both going to be our guests next week. Um, we had to reschedule them from a couple of weeks ago because work stuff came up, IRL stuff came up for, uh, one of them. And, and now that sort of resolved. So they're rescheduled. They will be our guests next week. So come and hear them. They're awesome. Uh, tweet. Yeah, I, I just I'd second
2: everything you just said. Watherspoon from the minute I downloaded Elite Dangerous before I even knew what I was getting into with this game, and I went on YouTube and I started searching all my Elite Dangerous videos and different things, I discovered Watherspoon's voice. And and since that first day, to me, Watherspoon has been a foundation. Of elite dangerous content creation, it's just his voice is synonymous to the galaxy of elite dangerous for me personally, and I, I'm excited to have him on next week.
0: A hundred percent. And I also want to give a shout out while we're on the the, the the subject of shouting out podcasts. I gotta give a huge shout out to Live Radio. Live Radio, obviously, the 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 sort of kings of podcasting of elite dangerous content, going all the way back before from before when Elite Dangerous was a game. They were literally around in Kickstarter and in beta and alpha, beta, whatever, all the different things. Uh, they've been around for forever, and they've done it all. Um, last week was an awesome episode. Unfortunately, Colin was out as he was sick, recovering from this corona thing. But um, he's, again, doing better now. And uh, I, I gotta, we got to get him on the show. One of these nights as well. Submarine uh, headed up the show. Uh, Shan was seemed to be more or less on his best behavior. Everything was great. Uh, um, they, they've got a new tech monkey. Everything's working great there. Um, ben, just I love Ben. Ben is just my my brother from another mother. He's uh, <clears throat> you know been doing a lot of the tech stuff to help out and also you know just just the the the, the the what do we call it chemistry the chemistry that they have together is just fantastic uh, don't sleep on Lave radio uh, best podcast out there for sure check it out next up tweet why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, present the piece on uh, the game journalist piece who had early access to series x
2: so for all of us Xbox players, we know every now and then we have some uh, performance issues, so to speak. No pun intended, of course. And, and this came out earlier this week. I think it was uh, yesterday afternoon, actually, from DreamPage. And just to sum it up, he, he got early access to the Microsoft Xbox Series X, which is the newest console coming out. And uh, he says that uh, he had a chance to play Elite Dangerous on it, in which, in Prince's easy he likes to point out, he almost does that every day, anyways. <laughs> but, but, but he was very excited with its performance. He says that the load times cut down drastically, and, and that's a good thing because nothing worse than nothing worse at all than than watching that orange ship spin around for minutes and minutes and minutes. And uh, the, then he goes on and says performance is through the roof better on the new console, on 4K play the frame rate he says is actual true, it runs great, and and he's just blushes and blushes and blushes about it. And 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 just to sum it up, he says in short, Elite Dangerous works like a charm on Series X, and even in 4K it runs incomparably better than on the previous generation of consoles all this without the developers having to do anything at all. So that right there says everything is mm-hmm. going to work great on the Series X, which side note, we did get a tweet from Fdev a day or so ago confirming that Elite Dangerous will be backwards compatible on the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. So that is all very good news as we
0: have been saying here for quite some time. So just to hit a couple of points, number 1, I, I, this is exactly the kind of review that you want on something like this. This is not some guy from Rock Paper Shotgun who's like, yeah, I've never played this game before, I, I like this or I don't like that. This is an actual commander who's like, yeah, man, I play Elite every day uh, because of my special status as a tester or f- influencer or whatever the hell, I got access early to, uh, uh, as a journalist rather, I got access to an Xbox Series X early just for all of you commanders out there that are listening goes on sale on Monday, go get one. If that's how you play, go, you know, do it. Solid state drives. He said that the, the, he was playing in 4k with like amazing uh, image view quality, super fast, everything loaded instantly. It was phenomenal experience. So for those people that are have, cause people have said like, Oh, well, yeah, They're putting out Elite on the Xbox Series X and they're putting out Elite on the PlayStation 5, but, you know, they're not doing a special version of it, so it's going to suck or whatever. It's a waste, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, for all you naysayers out there, uh, a real commander who plays this thing all the time said he was just amazed and blown away at the amount of just the quality of life improvement of... The, uh, series X or, or the next generation of consoles. I'm sure that it's going to be the same for the PS5. It's, it's, it's just a massive upgrade. So if this is how you play, congratulations. You're getting a massive upgrade to your game already. And I'm absolutely sure that all of those additional improvements to the tech are going to do nothing but continue to shine as it rolls out into Odyssey, which will be. I believe a substantial upgrade to graphics quality, but also to system requirements to sort of really give it that all and to put it out at, at at top level. So yeah, congratulations. Also with regard to that, I don't don't close the door on the subject of them putting out something special for the PS5 or Xbox Series X yet either. Because I, if I were them, and I'm not, I'm just a dumb marine. But if if I were a multi-million dollar, you know uh company that put out a game uh that 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 had millions of customers and whatnot here's what i would do i would say cool cool i'm putting it out backwards compatible so you can play it on the new stuff and enjoy the upgrades that this guy just said you're obviously getting i would wait until the actual machines come out and i get a chance to really get a hold of not just a early access dev kit but a live build of the thing and see where all the little picadillos are and whatever. And then three, six months down the line, after things calm down and little tweaks and changes have been made to the platform based on other people having massive issues and problems, because this always happens every time a new generation comes out. Then I would put my devs to work and say, hey man, do spend a couple months and put, put together a package that really plays with all of the new capabilities that these toys provide and, and make a nice thing for our people. That's a much smarter way to do it than trying to jump in, do guesswork. They make changes. It reverts your work and you're wasting your efforts. Just, just go enjoy this and don't put it out of your head that in the future, there might be a dedicated sort of version for these new platforms that come out that make it even better. Roy, uh, sorry, not Roy. Tweaked on the second issue. You want to go ahead and hit the, uh, Xbox subreddit giveaway.
2: Yeah. On, on, uh, Wednesday afternoon, lead community manager Tim Smith put out on the uh, forums, there is a contest for all you people out there that can sign up, no purchase necessary, and long story short, you can win... Let's see, one winner will get an Xbox Series X controller, yada, yada, yada. One winner will get an Xbox Series S. One will get an Xbox One X. So they're giving away a bunch of Xboxes, and all you got to do really is go on the uh, subreddit, the forums, and, and submit to Qualify to, to get on there. So very cool from FDev and, and the community managers to to put this out there.
0: Super, super awesome. Next up, Roy. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about it, the uh, SRV variant issue. Came up. Yeah,
1: so uh, you know, Horizons was recently rolled into the main game, uh, free for everyone to have, and, and one of the art pieces that came out uh, featured an SRV in the corner uh, of the image, and a number of people uh, noticed something different about it. This was, uh, to give some credit, this was covered uh, by the Burrs earlier in Witch Space News and Obsidian Ant as well, and some folks picked up on it on Reddit and, read it and uh, I know Kai, you were talking about it uh, with us earlier uh, this week about it. And just to point it out, there's You're a have <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's an image that uh, so there's I think the image that's up there now is of the current uh let's see the current the current srv but then there's also a a side-by-side close-up that someone on reddit put together showing obvious differences between the one that was shown in the artwork so here on the right looks like there's like a uh, some kind of cannon mounted on the on the top of the back of the srv as opposed to the the plasma guns that are on the the regular one we're familiar with on the left you know is this is this uh sort of leaking a bit that there's now a new srv variant that's more say combat oriented uh could be could be this could be an artist interpretation but it wouldn't be the first time that uh things were hidden in plain sight in artwork before they came out uh mm-hmm. it wouldn't be unheard of uh for that was for, for to do this
0: that was the first look at the mamba actually the first look at the mambo was mm-hmm. it was a video like this and they had a picture in the back and there was a uh you know there was a picture of the mamba and it was like oh that looks cool but like couldn't nobody really sort of noticed it at the time but then later they did looking at this side by side comparison i want to point out so the SRV that we have, like when you're, if you, if those guys that have VR do the whole sort of look around, um, you will see that you don't have. You, you can see the SRV on the left that has the two little pulsers. That's our current SRV. Those that like box form, it looks like a sort of a box, uh, uh, like a truck that has two crates on it. Those get added like a module onto your SRV as it's deployed going out. It's like that's not part of the body. That as the process of the arm sort of getting you like the claw in a in some kind of a, a, a arcade, uh, you know, and dropping you out through the chute, those get added to your ship, um, or sorry, to your SRV as it gets deployed. So the, the SRV on the left has the two canisters, so that's your two tons of cargo, and then the little uh, pulsar uh, uh, plasma again. lasers, plasma whatever lasers. Above the not, it's not plasma. It's pulsar. It's it pulse pulse lasers. Um, plasma is different, but hmm. but the pulse lasers uh, on on top of your ship. The one on the right is missing the two tons of cargo space, but it looks like it's got a beefy auto cannon sitting right on there. Um, so, yeah, super super interesting. The fact that it's like okay, wha- so is this going to lead to SRVs with different modules? is this going to leave you know whatever and we're going to get into that as one of our topics later so i'm going to stop there and and jump over to arson arson you had a a point on the mamba reveal
3: uh yeah just to kind of reinforce that this is kind of how frontier releases things now granted it's concept art you can't like i let myself get disappointed with the diamondback concept art Mm -hmm. don't don't latch onto that specific thing but With the Mamba reveal, for example, they they gave us kind of cryptic imagery. It was very showy imagery, um, but they didn't actually let us see it. And even once the beta started, they wouldn't let us fly the Mamba during the entire beta. It was locked down, but it was in the game and you could actually run across it. And I remember the experience of getting to record that and share that uh, literally the day uh, before it came live and we could access it. but people were just trying to find every little ounce of footage that they could on it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the same thing might uh, might happen with the SRVs again. And I think that's going to be interesting if we can run across them. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: Roy, I think I, I jumped in there. You still had some more stuff, I think?
3: No. Um,
1: no.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. So, yeah a uh, a point well made by sort of everyone covering this including just now Arson and Roy and I will add to it this is concept art it may be that what we're seeing here is a piece of concept art that of a thing that was previously sort of planned or or whatever was shown to an artist who then did a picture painting picture whatever right? drawings whatever this is this type of art is that they did but this is not in-game footage this is concept art that was done uh i guess commissioned that is the new splash page for uh horizons roll in with you know that, that went live october 27th uh on the steam page so take it with a grain of salt we'll be talking about it later maybe it's a thing maybe it's not a thing we'll see all right um let's move on to frontier news and let's start right off the way, uh, right off the bat with a newsletter and, you know, store updates. Um, so we've got first off, as I stated in the intro, elite is on sale right now through humble bundle for five pounds or $7 and 49 cents. You can get it until Monday. Go get it. If you want another, whatever, um, for also dropped today was newsletter number 305. And in newsletter 305, they talked about a whole bunch of things. Number one, they talked about the Halloween event, the Adam Master. Uh, number two, they talked about the eight wheel drive endurance challenge championship. Uh, they talked about Speed Bowl four new ground. Uh, they had a link, uh, Arson, go ahead and throw that up to the upcoming Pixie Wifey charity stream that's going to be on Saturday the 14th at noon UTC. She's going to be doing a 12-hour stream on Samaritan. uh, and You have a link to a website for justgiving.com, fundraising, Pixie Wifey, anxiety, depression, awareness. Um, Pixie is a uh, um, sort of what do you call it? She's friend of the friend of the community. Uh, you know, we love Pixie. She pops in and hangs out with us in voice chat and whatnot. And, and she, you know, has been very, very open of the things that you know that she she lives with certain aspects of uh, anxiety and depression, and and uh, it's a it's a situation that is near and dear to her heart, and she is near and dear to ours. So for sure, go and uh, support Pixie Wifey um let's see here also uh we're gonna have a mal for the Wind charity stream for service dogs that's coming up this weekend so beautiful stuff um hopefully mal is you know sort of up to it is is uh is going to be feeling uh good enough after you know recovering from his thing he's back home now so that's good uh they also talked about the live streams. So Tuesday's live stream was Super Cruise News number 11. And uh, Thursday's live stream was Full Throttle, Races of 2020. Uh, we're going to talk about that more. Uh, they talked about the store spotlight. Uh, the Cobra Mark III and the Asp Exploder got new turbulence paint jobs. And uh, they showed there's Dio de lo Muerto uh, cockpit lights uh, and bobbleheads that are available until November 9th. Um, The bobbleheads were shown off in in their little thing about it, but I think those cockpit lights, there's a lot of PVPers that are going to be digging those light-up skull cockpit lights. So, good stuff. Um, And they included in uh, Newsletter 305 uh, their stream schedule with us listed Uh, for sure. Go and uh, sign up for newsletter, newsletter, uh, the, the uh, Elite Dangerous newsletter. Um, it is well worth it, and you don't want to miss out. All right, next up were the streams. Tuesday's stream was Super Cruise News, episode number 11 with Steven and Bruce. Uh, it was a two-parter due to tech issues. So if you look on there and say, like, hey, I see their Tuesday stream. It was on, like, 15 minutes long. What the hell? It's because there's another piece that's, like, an hour and some odd long. Uh, you put the two pieces together, and you have their Super Cruise News episode 11 string. Uh, they talked about and played through the Halloween event, or at least a good chunk of the Halloween event. Uh, they addressed again that they are very much aware of the pulse wave analyzer issue. For all of you uh, core miners out there that have been saying, Dude, going on month two, we're literally between week eight and nine of of this thing not working. What's up? they are aware of it. They're getting into it. Hopefully, soon, TM. Um, they did encourage everyone to go onto the issue tracker and, and, you know, the more people that say this is a problem that is bothering me, the more pressure uh, that puts, not pressure per se, but the more sort of resources would be, maybe be looked to allocate to, like, making it a higher priority. There's a lot of they're, they're juggling like 15 top priorities right now, but maybe you can make it a topper priority, you know? Um, they talked about the horizon roll in that, you know, we've already discussed. They, they, they highlighted some stellar screenshots, uh, and they played the entirety of the finale for the eight wheel drive endurance, uh, race challenge. I wonder where they got the idea they should really give a little more love to that eight-wheel drive endurance challenge. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, racer smashers whatever. Uh, so that was the Tuesday's uh, Super Cruise News episode 11. Thursday's stream was um, the uh, full throttle, part of the full throttle series. And in this one, it wasn't a race per se. What it was, was... Uh, Art and Steven had on guests, uh Black Mates, who's been on our show talking about the eight wheel drive uh, endurance challenge. And we've we've highlighted it all the time. He's from the Elite Racers and uh huge friend of the show, uh, uh, Alec Turner of the Buckyball Race Club. Uh, they had both of them on. And they talked about, like, man, here's the history of this year in races. This is some of the things that happened this year in races. Here's the highlights of different events that the eight wheel, or sorry, that the elite racers put on, including the eight wheel drive endurance rally challenge that went on for several months, as well as things like the, uh, what is it? The, it's not the COVID Cup. What's it called? The, 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 the the, the race series that they did, the, 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 like lockdown or, I'm, I'm blanking on the word right now, but they did another one. That's the, 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 the COVID race challenge or whatever, where we're all locked down and we're, we're all,
3: it's the quarantine con. quarantine. Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> it took me forever to remember it. <laughs> yeah. I, you,
0: but hey, you beat me. So congrats. Uh, so there was that they talked about, you know, real men racing later hosing and keys for the carrier, which that was my carrier that they used. That was cool. Uh, and they talked about, um, uh, uh, you know the, the 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 signs of life races and like all just awesome races that have been put at happy the happy uh the the happy uh one that 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 dr naggy did for you know the the uh buckyball race club in in conjunction with the hull seals um you know just just so much great stuff um and In addition to that, talking about like, hey, man, here's what the race groups did and here's how you can get involved in whatever. They also gave Steven and Art a lesson in Spider Manning, which is so basically just the TLDR version is this. Because of a peculiarity of the way that the thrusters work on the SRV, if you sort of just jump, tilt back where your wheels make contact sort of with a wall, even a straight up wall. And then you use a method, a technique whereby you let the nose of your SRV tip backwards a little bit. Every time you hit the thrust boost, it will push your wheels against the wall, giving you solid traction. And then you just gun the engine and you can drive straight up a wall for as long as you have boost. And there was uh, multiple demonstrations that were put on showing Stephen and Art how to do it. Uh, and and like literally just watch Black Maze drive right up a wall, like a not even a sure wall, a very large wall, just drive right up at like several stories. And then when he got to the top, boost off and then boop, just sort of land there and be like, now I'm just chilling on top of this skyscraper like you do. And. After multiple demonstrations and explanations of the technique, and and a lot of explanations on how sort of the boosters work, and and, and demonstrations on that, uh, Stephen and Art joined in on the fun, and you know what? They did a hell of a job. Uh, they both did did very very well, and you know, for first timers, uh, got like more than halfway up the wall. They did they did great, and um, I think. Now is a good time for me to sort of bring in a topic of conversation here to just add into it sort of organically. I noticed, and I made this comment to the, the, the staff because I, I was the first one to see this particular stream and then share it with the guys and then told them like, you got to go see it. I noticed uh, an aspect of this stream in the past, in previous times, previous months and, and, and years, let's be honest, um, I think the Frontier streams have been an experience in them sort of getting shit on a good bit by a large number of sort of salty negative whatever people and then little nuggets of people that are active and engaged and like hey wow that's interesting or let's talk about this there's like maybe there have been times over the the previous years where you've got five to ten percent of the population in the in the stream chat that are actively engaged and they're trying to sort of present to being drowned out by 90% of the chat that are just dunking on them and being negative and full of negativity and, and like, uh duh, lols, this game isn't dead yet, whatever, like, just, just saying pissy stuff. And I noticed in this stream, there was a very, mar- over the last several weeks and months, a couple months, there have been a very marked improvement of the engagement level from the community. More and more people, more and more of the salty people, have been sort of dropping away and shutting up, and they've been, I believe, shut up by the increased amount of communication and activity and, and just great things happening with the game and positivity. And more and more of the people that were sort of on the fence or just watching or we're gonna, you know, meme for the lulls are now actively excited, happy, uh, 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 thankful, appreciative, rooting for the CM team instead of laughing at the CM team. That's, that was my very, very, I, I really just said, wow, there were so many people. First off, Stephen and, and Art did great at it. I mean, for people that were first trying, you know, this is a technique that, that you know, the elite racers and the, the Buckyball racers can show you they do it because it's like, you yeah, have practice for hours and hours. Of course, they're going to do it perfectly. But um, for somebody like if, if I were to try a brand new cold or any of you, let's be honest, were to try a brand new cold, I don't think you would do it perfectly the first time. You would try and succeed a little and fail a lot and succeed a little more and fail a little less and, you know, eventually get there. Art and Steven did great, but more so, I just noticed everyone the vast majority at least of the people the audience were rooting for them cheering them on and giving them props as opposed to memeing on them so yeah i just wanted to sort of point that out and i want to get i'm going to stop right here and make a an artificial yeah yeah tweet. start with your thoughts so i want to get everybody's opinions on on that aspect yeah i i also
2: would agree with that that the, the community is not as harsh towards FDEV right now as what they typically have been over the last few years, and I think there's a couple of reasons for this. One, I think they see Galnet and the community goals are back, and they see FDEV doing stuff, listening to the community a little bit. I, and, and two, I think the team itself, I think Arthur and Steven and 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 the rest of the guys right now, I think it's a great team, and I, I, I really think that genuine personality shines through to everybody and and the community just feels the positivity right now they're excited about what's going on i will still say there's part of the community that's always just uh naysayers so to speak and eh, it's fdev i'll see it i'll believe it when i see it kind of crowd they're going to be out there and and you know boo on them we'll prove them wrong when everything is great in a Couple of months, so, but yeah, I totally agree. The community is excited right now, and I, I I think there's a lot of reason for that too. Honesty, pure honesty from the dev team. I love it.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Roy, we yeah, on
1: it. I I I agree with that. I'd also say that I mean, thinking back as you were both talking about that, I was thinking back several months and what the difference in tone was back then. And there's a lot of obvious things that have changed from the announcement of Odyssey to like like you just mentioned the CGs and, and Galnet, but I think the other piece of it is uh, you know, the way art laid out the the vision for how the CGs and all these storylines are gonna um happen, at least in broad concept. Like they've got a two-year plan and this, these are all gonna be interwoven and like having having that vision explained, even to just that little degree I think, made a connection with the community, like, hey, this, this group is actively interested in creating a story for us to have fun with this game. Whereas months before that, you know, there was people talking about, like, is this thing even going anywhere? Is, do they care? Are they paying attention? And so there's been a total shift in that. And I think just a bit about even sharing a forward vision really helps engage people to to feel like, you know, the, the CM team and, and FDEV as a whole cares about the community. Beautiful. Arson. Awesome weigh in on this
3: i think it's fantastic and the the only thing that i really want to take home from it is we have cms that are succeeding at playing the game and communicating our needs simultaneously yay (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just really
0: happy about that i dig it all right so let's move on galnet news articles for this week we've got a, a bunch of them let's start with let's work our way forward. So start off with uh, first November 2nd, Hadrian Duval saved by Ashling Duvall's uh, intervention. She showed up to rescue him, brought in a, uh, one of her uh, <clears throat> cap ships, uh, her majestic interdictors, whatever brought her vitamin nine nanomeds, uh, brought her security, brought her all of the stuff and, and rushed to his aid. Now, Hadrian Duvall is sort of a uh, let's make the empire great again by jumping back to the olden days and have it, you know, just run by, you know, the elite elite and, and Ashling is much more uh, at least uh, publicly on the side of like, <clears throat> let's be groovy and get rid of slavery. And, you know, I'm the people's princess, let's make things, whatever. So the two of them on, on the face of it aren't, aren't sort of, entirely let's say morally ethologically whatever uh, ethically aligned or what have you but <clears throat> she made a statement like hey man my dad died killed by these guys and and regardless of of any other things this guy's my cousin and i'm I'm stepping into i'm not losing another family member from this there's only, there's only there's not that many of us duval's left i will point out that this provides an interesting opening in the storyline for potentially, you know, what if Hadrian is saved by this and he decides, Hey, I'm going to align myself more with Ashling's views. And the two of them make some kind of power couple, not, not couple couple, but like working together as, you know, president, vice president type situation or whatever, and become a, a viable political alternative to the throne. I will point out again what I've pointed out. Every time we've had NMLA activity all the way up till now, it seems like all of the people that the NMLA are attacking are people that uh, uh, Arisa Lavinia Duvall is not like. Isn't that interesting? So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, moving on to the next story, we've got... Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, also, this is the first. Yes, absolutely. This is the first mention of vitadine Nanomed treatment actually being used in the game. As far as you know, um, it, it was brought in, but but this is this is interesting. Um, the next story was November third. Federation accused supporting of supporting the NMLA. Uh, this is there's a mention of the federal systems that didn't get enough resources in the last CG having unrest. Both the imperial and federal sides are suffering from this. This is sort of an interesting, um, an interesting, how do I say this, sort of aspect of like, okay, this is this is a problem. When you have a refugee crisis, as we've seen in the real world with Syrian refugees and whatnot, there's it is not a just a simple black and white story of. You know, yeah, you're going to have there are bad people that are Marlinists that came with these innocent people that are suffering. There's going to be wolves mixed in with the sheep. There's going to be um, all kinds of things that that sort of happen in there. And it's not just a simple story of all these are good. All these are bad. But you, you have to, as a group, sort of say, like, okay, these people are being oppressed and this is a problem. And then still within that use law enforcement or whatever to weed out because there may be an MLA sympathizers somewhere in that group and you have to weed them out. But you don't you don't punish all Irishmen because the IRA exists. You don't punish all Islamic people of the Islamic faith because Islamic extremist terrorists exist. You treat the people as innocent unless they're guilty and then you deal with them. Roy, why don't you hop in on on uh, this with your observations?
1: Well, yeah, a couple things. One, I think as these stories develop, I'm pleased to see that they're they're adding some more sort of dimensionality to the characters and not having them be totally, you know, black hat, white hat, good guy, bad guy type thing. Even even the bit about Ashling helping her cousin and as you mentioned, there's complexity there. Yeah, there's nuance yeah. and complexity. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to see that it's some sophistication in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as as far as the the unrest from the last CG and and things happening, they're affecting both Federation and Empire. I mean, maybe this is a little tinfoil or tinfoil hattery, but I don't know. <laughs> Does this mean that there could be someone stirring the pot to to harm both both the Federation and the Empire with this? And if so, well, there is a third party <laughs> that could I be pushing you- that. Don't
0: you make allegations against my boy <laughs> Edmund Mahan. He's innocent, I tell you, He's <laughs> I
1: mean, I it it's uh it would be an interesting twist. Uh and 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 perhaps there's some groundwork being laid for that. I guess we'll see.
0: It could be. It could be. It could be definitely interesting. All right. So next up we've got November 5th, And Federal and Imperial forces engage in battle. So uh number one, uh, I see a point here put in there by by Roy. Mark your calendars. What is an auxiliary question mark, <laughs> Roy? Hop in on that and give it, give a little highlight on that.
1: Well, just I said mark your calendars because this could be the the start of I don't know galactic. How many galactic wars has there been, and what number? This would be the date that it's remembered as as you know having started, perhaps, but. Uh, So the Confederacy has requested help from pilots, and that's the CG that's happening. It says the LYS Corp has also asked for auxiliaries to help and to assist in gaining control of the system. And I was thinking, like, why do they call out those two things separately? Like, what's the difference between pilots that are helping fight versus an auxiliary? Is that, I don't know if that's just referring to other missions you can do or or, or what that means?
0: I think what they're saying is, um, how do I put this? I got to put this delicately. When you're invading someone else's country, it's sometimes good to have independent actors that are doing the actual invading. You know what I'm saying? Mm. As opposed to your actual troops that are committing war crimes.
1: Like privateers almost.
0: Egg salad. All right. So, yeah, that's, that's super, super interesting. And then there is just today a post. Terrorism spreads as super powers conflicts increase uh the federal times are mentioning felicia felicia winners as seemingly running the show this is super super interesting obviously we've had stories over the past couple of weeks that have shown that with regard to the sort of super obvious storyline of uh, uh my boy uh uh yeah come on what's his name it's not trump it's very close hudson. To it. <laughs> hudson. there you go zach hudson uh first whacked the vice president then uh arranged for his buddy admiral huja to whack the, the the current president uh at the time uh and and then was everyone was shocked that she was sort of saved by the guardians of the galaxy i don't know there was a squirrel in a tree who knows uh but in in that situation, he's massively, massively losing power very, very quickly. Um there were thirteen of his own senators or whatever from the just left the Congress, resigned, and were like, dude, we don't you're shady as F. We're we're not down. Um so it's a situation of like, yeah. This, this story is continuing. It's interesting. I, and I feel like this is tying in now. You're, you're seeing the Federation side of the story is now, in fact, tying in with the Empire side of the story. And let's be honest, there's a chance that Roy's observation is absolutely accurate. And this could spill over to the Alliance in the future if we were to find out that there were some people pulling some strings. We'll, we'll, we'll get more into it. But all of the links to all of these Galnet articles are in the show notes. Go and get involved. Let's move on to community goals. So let's talk about last week's community goal. Technically, officially, there was no community goal, but who are we kidding? Last week's community goal was the Adamaster. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm calling it a quasi-CG, the Halloween event. So a couple of observations that I had from it. Number one... This is the first time that I looked to, I actively purposely, I didn't, I wasn't playing cause I always play an open, always an open. This was the first time that I actively looked to log into solo and I had a lot of fun with it. And here's why I logged into solo. I'm just giving you, I'm not telling you how you should live your life. I'm just giving you my in- impression. Me personally, I wanted to feel like I was Indiana Jones on the far side of the galaxy uncovering some ruins that hadn't been touched for hundreds of years in a huge mystery, and I was out there by myself solving the mystery. So what I did was I played only in solo, I did not look at system chat at all, and I set my nav panel to completely 100% uh, filter out all fleet carriers. And the reason why I did this wasn't because I was afraid of getting ganked or anything like that. It was, I think, I didn't hear any great stories of gankings or stuff happening. Any, when I say great, I mean number of stories of different weird things like that happening during this. It was just a matter of, I wanted to have that feeling like I was all alone on the ass end of the galaxy trying to solve a mystery in these ruins that nobody had seen for hundreds of years since these guys all got ganked by aliens. And... I didn't want to to look over in system chat and every time I got to a new place have everybody go, yep, this is it, go to planet three, that's go over there. And I didn't want to go and land and look at this site and have eighteen guys popping wheelies driving circles around me in buggies. So for this once, I changed my rules and I played in solo. And I had a great time with it. I by doing it that way, by not looking at system chat for clues, by not looking at fleet carriers, by filtering them out entirely, by uh, playing in solo and sort of staying away. I enjoyed that lonely aspect. I, I go for the opposite of that in my gaming in, in general in this game, because I don't want to feel lonely. I want to feel like I'm part of the world in this one particular case. I wanted to feel lonely and it, it played out perfectly for me. I don't know how you guys your experience with that play, but that was mine. Um, secondly, I want to talk about the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the listening post. So the code was finally solved Uh, but i think there might be some more hidden and i don't know if you look down to earth astronomy did an amazing video where he talked about the decoding process and he showed the decoded data and it's basically just a matter of uh, the first character of the string of coded data was an eight if you use that as your key for the cipher and then you just break everything down into eight character strings and then you read straight down you will see you know longitude a certain set of coordinates and then planet 3 whatever and then you know like it's just some information and the interesting thing uh, 600 and whatever light years the interesting about that is from that system from that listening post the system that we found by brute force already the uh, the place that had the survey the planetary survey base the crash thargoid wreck and the wreck srv all those those three sort of set pieces was 600 and whatever the number 615 or whatever light years away from that listening post so that and then in the logs that we got officially unencrypted from 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 the 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 experience it showed oh it was latitude blah but it didn't have the longitude that latitude paired with this longitude to show on that planet that was listed in the decoded data so you take okay the system 615 light years away or whatever number i'm just making it off the top of my head but 600x light years away go to planet x go to lat x and long y and boom you get the place. so we've already according to what we've decrypted to this point and what is publicly known we have already found all of the set pieces all of the things to find from this mystery i suspect that there may be some more the the the, the cypher process that was used that was demonstrated in that that video by uh uh down to earth and that was originally find found by a game guy named uh what was his name, his name was like mike whatever like, I'm not saying whatever, as in whatever, like that that was actually his name is, you know, quote, Mike, whatever, uh, or know, the, the last name was whatever. But anyways, that process, it threw out like 90% of the, or 80% of the actual characters as like, oh, this is just extra random trash. And you only use one out of every eight of the characters. There's a lot of extra stuff that's there. And I feel like there might be more to find. So we will get into that and i want to do one last point uh make on that before i i throw it to roy so the, the the last point that i want to make on that is there is more i i would say this there's more to this trust me so number one after the week of the actual thing like after the end of the first week of the thing happening when everybody was sort of less more or less moving back to the bubble to get involved in this cg and do stuff right then and there you know what happened an alliance mega ship jumped into that system and is now like doing stuff in that and like tied so right as we're all leaving the alliance is coming in and getting involved if you remember the only piece of this new story that the alliance has officially that we know of so far been involved in is the fact that the alliance were being attacked like crazy a couple weeks back by the thargoids So, you know, there are there's there's there are three I would I would contend now we have three story pieces going on. The first is the stuff that's going on in the Federation with regard to Hudson and whatever and Winters and power struggle and the previous attempted murder mass murder and and successful mass murder of many people attempted murder of the the president. You know, whatever. Um, There's that story. There's the Empire with the NMLA and Denton Petraeus running amok with war crimes and all that. There's that story. And now there is a third part of the story of the Alliance are doing shit with the Thargoids and the Thargoids are pissed off at the Alliance. There's that story. We'll see how all of these weave in. But I wanted to highlight that the Alliance jumped in with a mega ship when nobody was looking. I want to highlight the fact that I feel like there's still, we know that there's another base that they, that, that the Adamaster was supposed to be going to when it was diverted to that other base at the planet that, that we found the survey base. So there's another sort of secure location, or at least there was 200 years ago at the time that all this went down. Maybe it's packed up by now. Maybe it's still there with mysteries waiting for us to find. And I feel like there's a little more extra in that code bit to find. Uh, that we're just going to need somebody smarter than me to find. Uh In addition to all of that, this event was not just a Halloween event that was all in and of itself just a thing that's done. This was <clears throat> a piece of the lore that modifies our understanding of the lore of the story of Elite Dangerous thus far. Number one, you've got a weird situation of a potential precursor to... um Possibly to Inra, in that you had this it was a shell corporation that then got changed to another shell corporation by the name of what Pharma Sapiens or whatever, and but they had their own private army as well, and they were acting super shady and super secretive, uh, and and to me they just I was I was seeing Inra sort of flashing in my eyes. Number two, uh, this predates officially. The, the previous statement of the uh, first known uh, a contact with Thargoids was 3125. This is a full 14 years before that. And they already knew that this shit was there. So that means, you know, something else was there. Something else. The, like, that's this is now our first known contact. But there was previous contact. There had to have been previous contact before that even because... Otherwise, how would they have known to, known to go there and study that? They built a base on that planet that doesn't happen overnight. And, 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 you know, so there's just a lot there that is, that is of interest that we'll see how it continues to play out. Um, I'm going to bring in our guest first and then I'll get to Roy. Dan, you had a, a question or a point on this?
4: Yeah. Just, um, if you think back to when the, the AX stuff first came in. Um, that was spearheaded by the Alliance, if you remember rightly. Oh, yeah. Um, like the, the Chieftain, the Challenger, and the other one that I can't remember its name of. The Crusader. Well the Crusader, and the, the as T10 as well. And when you look looking back as well with the Guardian tech, the Great Phantom is an Alliance endeavor. So, mm-hmm. all this Alliance turning up on Thargoid tech, it, it's actually sitting with the previous lore as well. So.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting, for sure. Uh, Roy.
1: Yeah, I was just uh, reflecting on the different parts of this event, and I enjoyed it immensely. I also played through it in solo for for um, some similar reasons. I didn't want it to be like a theme park when I showed up, um, and and I guess one of the things I was I was focusing on was the actual puzzle puzzle solving aspect, and. I'm wondering how FDEV is sort of gauging how to set the difficulty of these things, because there's, um, there's I think, a significant chunk of the player base that, that has just started playing the game this year, mm-hmm. and then there's another very significant chunk of the player base that's been playing much longer than that and has memory and or participated in the, the serious amount of puzzle solving that went on, you know, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. uh with things like finding things in in audio spectrograms and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i i feel really good about the level of complexity in the storytelling at the moment and how all these hooks and little easter eggs going back into lore and and how these might these are these are providing a lot of rich possibilities where the story could go i'm just wondering how i mean i could imagine um and I even saw this on some some people's streams where they were trying when the when this Halloween event was just sort of fresh, they were trying out many of the much more sophisticated <laughs> puzzle cracking techniques mm-hmm. on some of the early clues, and it wasn't going anywhere. And I'm I'm just wondering if that's like it, it's almost like in some MMOs, how do you balance when there's an event, you know, uh, keeping the 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 veteran, uh, you know, almost at the end game level players versus also engaging brand new people. And I'm wondering if there's some progression perhaps coming with these puzzles or if they've thought about making sort of more than one level in the puzzle. Like as you said, there could have been the main thing that's been cracked now. Maybe there's a little bit more. I'd love it if there was. Um, so that there's something for everybody to get their teeth into. Because I'm, I'm sure for some of the folks um, that that are veterans of the really hardcore puzzle solving that went on years ago, this is like a little, <laughs> like a saltine cracker. And they're like and it's done and they're like wait is that it you know like it, it's i hope there's more coming like that because I, I even just from watching a lot of older content through when those things happen i feel like there's a lot of people with a pent-up desire to like give us a hard puzzle like i've seen this happen in other mmos too where the developers come out with something they think is going to be awesome and 48 hours later it's crushed um and they they continually underestimate the the skill of the player base in, in coming at these challenges tweaked
2: yeah to that point roy i i think this halloween event in particular actually did have those old school puzzle solvers a little frustrated for a while canon even was saying that they they were up against a brick wall and they solved all these other things with spectrograms like you said and all that other stuff pretty quickly and fairly not easy but they did it and they were a little beside themselves
0: from my understanding with this one right now Hmm. You know what I really liked about this? I feel like this was, I, I think that Frontier hit it out of the park. I think that this was exactly the perfect mix. There were multiple puzzles involved. The first puzzle predated the going live of the event. And it was a series of tweets and Instagram links that showed, you know, parts of a binary code. And I think that that was very, very simple for people to crack that just literally entered in the binary code into a website that showed the thing and then and then wrote down, okay, this character, this character, this character, that was super simple and super easy. And it was spread out over a series of several days so that it wasn't dropped all at one time for one guy to go, Okay, I did it. Here it is. It's posted. It it gave everybody a chance to play even at the shallow end of the pool. Then that was uh, uh, the day that the thing went live. They dropped a uh audio log <clears throat> that was you know murphy talking about you know the things and and yada yada they're all dead and it, they did their phenomenal you know rip off of the anchorman you know th- th- comedy skit thing of uh, you know put in the elite dangerous universe which was i i still think and i i challenge you it's, it's the best thing that that any community team have ever done for elite Dangerous um and then they proceeded to put in a couple of uh you know this 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 puzzle was sort of solvable both ways you could uh go to the route of like tracking it back where you hit uh sort of the crashed uh sidewinder first and then work your way the other way and then there were people that had gone through the process of, okay, I I went here to the listing post, and then I went that way, but, and and hit first, you know, so some people hit the the crash sidewinder, and then made their way over to the base and the the site. Some people went the other way. Uh, And I'm seeing you know, phenomenal comments in the chat where people are talking about the fact that like, some people weren't happy about the clues in social media, some people You know, we're we're looking at, the, um, you know, sort of the the routes and the different ways to do it. I just, you're never going to please 100% of the people. You just, you can't. That's not possible. But I feel like this was a perfect mix of easy puzzles and hard puzzles. I also want to say that the hard puzzle here, let's look at it. The hard puzzle was the listening post, and that was solved not through needing to break out sound equipment and go with spectral analysis and spectrogram or whatever and this that and the other and it wasn't you didn't require sort of a a degree in audio engineering or or computer programming to figure it out it was a fairly i mean it was i I gotta be careful i say this it was a fairly simple cipher of like okay eight characters and whatever it was i think it was Simple once you see it. Simple. Yeah, Simple. It was surprisingly deceptively simple in a way that was very, very ingenious and frustrated the hell out of everyone. And I, I, I agree 100% with Broken Wands' comment from the chat of it leveled the playing field so that everyone had a fun Halloween. Everyone had sort of the same opportunities. You didn't have to be an MIT grad. To solve this it was solved by a guy who looked at it and said oh there's eight let's just try and i, I like that man this is it's, it's encouraging people it's not just saying only nsa level cryptographers need apply it's just somebody that you know for for lack of a better term he thought outside the bun and he got there and it's like yeah salute big salute to you hell yeah so good stuff all around that was the, the Halloween event. Does anybody have anything you wanna to add to the Halloween event before I move on to the current CG? I'm good. All right, so the current CG, let's look at it. This is a situation of the, uh, again, I can't say it enough. The Alliance is, or sorry, the Alliance. The Empire is invading other people's space, in this case, neutral territory, but it is, it is Federation citizens in neutral territory and the empire is attacking them and they're providing no evidence for for their claims they're just saying there's weapons of mass destruction over there we're going and it's like yeah we've seen we've all seen this story it's not right it's not fair it's not allowed you can't do that that's not how the the rule of law works if tomorrow uh you know the united states government says hey man we think there's mexican terrorists that are uh attacking us or whatever There's a proper way that you do this, which is you go to the Mexican government and you say, hey, this is happening. This is unacceptable. Your law enforcement need to crack down on it. We're providing you this information. This is our leads that we found so far and whatever. And then if for some reason the American government has reason to believe that the Mexican government are in on it and part of the problem, then you go to the world stage. You go to the United Nations you provide your evidence you ask for a coalition you ask for people to get involved and you say this is wrong what they're doing we've tried to resolve it with them we tried to resolve it through normal diplomatic channels and through normal uh of uh, legal channels they are not doing uh what is right so we are now going to invade them. Yes, we are invading. This is an act of war, but we're doing so with a limited scope because they are dirty and they're doing the wrong thing. And you try to get a coalition of people to say like, okay, yeah, we, we agree with you, whatever. Right now, the Imperials have hired independents to illegally attack innocent Marlinists, not NMLA. Um, 100% accurate. That's, that's something I just took from the chat and it's 100 percent accurate this is not something you can do this is illegal so i'm fighting for the side of the federation in this particular matter. the federation i want to be super clear because over the last several weeks people have been like oh you're a federation fanboy i am not the federation is just as guilty of shit over the long haul of history as the empire's in fact the federation is more guilty because they've been around for a lot longer but the fact of the matter is is both the federation and the empire are equally guilty of shit taking over the aggregate of history. But in this particular case, over the last several weeks, we've seen multiple actions of the Empire attacking everybody because reasons we don't need to tell you. And you know what? That shit don't fly. Now, let's get break into the details of of what this actually is. For both sides, you're going to get your normal CG rewards. But for both sides, there is, if you are in the top 75%, you will get one rank up. If you are in the top 25%, you will get two rank ups. And if you are in the top 10 commanders for either side, you will automatically be advanced to max rank for that side. Technically, technically if you just wanted to be a huge, uh, what do you call it? Like mercenary about it. Auxiliary. <laughs> if you were to go into the top 10 commanders of both sides, cause they're two separate CGs. If you were to go into the top 10 commanders of both sides, you could be promoted to the rank of King Admiral, you know, King on the empire side, Admiral the Federation side instantly just from the CG. I have heard it stated before on other places that it's like, well, you can't, it's only going to be 10 commanders ever because only one side is going to win. That is not correct. Both sides are going to succeed in this. They both already have. The Empire is already at tier one of five. The Federation side is already at tier two of five. Now, I absolutely strongly believe that the Federation is going to blow the doors off of the Empire with this because number one, all of this is equal. This isn't weighted like the previous ones. The contributions needed for the Empire side, 60 billion. The contribution needed for the Federation side, 60 billion. And so far, the Empire is 4% of the way there. And the Federation is four times as much, 16% of the way there. So clearly, the Federation is going to win this one. And, and and rightly so. They should win this one because this is bullshit on the, on the part of the Empire. But... The top 25% or 75% of both sides are going to move up a rank. The top 25% of both sides are going to move up a rank. And the top 10 commanders total of both sides are going to immediately pass, go and get top rank in, you know, in that, that, uh, uh, whatever. So this is 100% going to be a major boon for a lot of people. Go in and get your stuff. And I, I hope, I hope that the majority of people will continue to fight for the side of the federation because not because the federation is good and the empire is bad but because in this particular case the empire is dead wrong and the federation are defending themselves all right tweaked you had something on this
2: yeah i just wanted to say regardless of who wins or who we want to win for anybody that's out there trying to get your vat or your cutter those federal and imperial grinds this is it, to my knowledge, the only shortcut I've ever seen in the game, props to FDev. I thought the uh, lightweight and, and, and heavy duty and, and high capacity or whatever it was, Seeker Missile Rack was a pretty cool reward. If you don't already have the rank you need for these ships, this
0: is the best reward I've ever seen for a CG. Right on. And uh, that one goes out to you guys for putting it in the game. Beautiful all right so next up that covers the cgs 100 percent. next up we've got uh tweets and disclosures there was a series of tweets uh roy why don't you go ahead and uh yeah hit that so up? there
1: was uh, in the last week uh a series of uh i think it was five tweets each showing a different uh what turned out to be generation ship and um i think the interesting thing here is i i, I the way I took this was these came out after the uh, sort of around and after the, the Halloween event was first kicked off. And my, my take on it is there's so much backstory and gameplay that has already happened in this game. Again, especially if you've just started playing this game in the last year. Um, if you had fun with the Halloween event and picking up bits of lore and listening to logs or whatever. There's all kinds of that in different parts of this game, and, and this is some fine examples of it. These, these generation ships are interesting to investigate. Um, you know, don't want to say too much about them, but if, you, if, you, if that's the kind of thing you like, you should go check these out. And I think that's, I think that's what their purpose was in highlighting this, because a lot of new players would, I mean, maybe not have come across this otherwise.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So... That brings us on to... Yeah, that that covers everything for for, uh, Frontier News. Let's move on to the next point, which is the IMU, the Intergalactic Mining Union, has an event that they put on on the weekends. It's called Hazrez Extraction Squad. There you go. The Hazardous Resource Extraction Squad needs you, Combat Mining Vessel Team. So here's the deal with this. Uh, number one, this is an awesome event that the IMU puts on every week. They do it multiple times on the weekend or random times during the week. Um, so what you do is you join the IMU Discord, which will be in the show notes. Uh, when you join their Discord you you can ask people there's a room where it shows for roles or you can just ask them and you can be assigned the role of uh either hazres ready for a minor or escort ready for a combat escort what they do here is go uh and at the painite hotspot in hip 60953 they do a mapped mining run arson has a picture on the screen for you to see of the actual map so what they did was they went in they said okay at this exact location at these spots you're going to have you know this rock has 45 percent payite. this one has 59 percent pay night, this one has 47 this one 47 this one 36 whatever they have all of these rocks done up you go to that location at the time when they meet up and Some people are in mining ships and they just make massive amounts of money really, really quick doing mapped mining. You can make hundreds of millions an hour doing mapped mining. Other people say, hey, I want to, for the fun of it, because this is in a HazRez, they're like, I'm going in a combat ship, I want to play Sheepdog. So you're there and throughout this entire event, You're gonna have people calling out. I'm at this rock. They're they're attacking me. Whatever, because it's it is a hazrez. So it's there's criminals out there that are looking for people. And guess what? You're gonna have a lot of players there with night holds. So there, it's it, it can be a fun event to try from either side. I I highly recommend to everyone play both roles. Go in there, and every once in a while, every you know maybe half the time or more than half the time, do the mining side and be like, hey man, I'm gonna go and make some quick money and 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 maybe 20% or 30% of the time pick the other side go in a combat ship and have some fun playing the defender of all of your brothers and sisters out there who are like man I'm going to mine and make some money and they're going to get attacked a lot by criminals in there and you you know they they have a whole wing that are dedicated to like you just go out there and then you take those guys out you protect your brothers uh why don't we start with arson with your point on map mining
3: i just want to kind of inform people like the experience of mapped mining is a little bit different from your traditional wing mining scenario Mm -hmm. where you all drop down in and then you know you have somebody run ahead now you still have somebody running ahead prospecting the rocks and that's usually the person that is in charge of memorizing the map Um, Mm -hmm. they go through they hit your asteroids and then you can either congregate all on each asteroid in the wing mining style or if you have different ships with different limpet counts uh the ones that are you know not there they can straggle behind and you can just kind of uh mine each rock in a line in a wing of four it's there's all kinds of different uh ways that you can engage with that content uh that doesn't require you to be right up on the rock with a whole swarm of people and i I think it's fantastic that they're doing this
0: I uh, I did back a uh, couple months back, I did myself, I mapped my own uh, run through a field, a uh, pay night field, and uh, no, nope, that was LTDs back in the day, I think. And uh, I was getting over 500 million an hour because I had a map and I just followed it and yeah, it was just cranking out cash. Tweet, hop in on this. Well, I, I had a quick question.
2: I, I was wondering, do the escorts get paid anything? And if so, does this happen on Xbox too? Because that sounds like
0: a ton of fun. Uh, I don't know about the payment per se. I think uh, it might be that they're, you know, you might get some kind of wing bonus or whatever. But I think what they're doing it for is number one, the fun play aspect of you're defending your people and you're out there killing whatever. And and then number two, you know, you're in a hazard, so what you're getting is a bunch of bounties uh dan hop in on this
4: um, as part of a wing you do get a percentage of the payout so if you're in a wing as the the miners cash in you get um trade bonds in your contacts menu that so you if can you're then in... cash in and you get a percentage as yep. a
2: wing a note to that though you have to be in the wing and actually in the station when they turn it in to get that bonus yes
4: i didn't think you had to be in the station i thought you just had
3: to be in the wing
0: uh lately we've had to be in the station to get that trade bonus I, I think it you have to be in the system i don't know about law like actually. Yeah,
3: i'm pretty sure it's in the system um i have seen some circumstances where people didn't get it if they weren't in the instance but you do not have to be docked i know that much
0: but close by let's just say but yeah yeah so yes trade dividends that's good but it, it like i said there are people that go out to haz and this is a situation of the criminals are all going to be coming right to you and you get to pop them. And it's fun, interactive gameplay of actually doing something sort of immersive of, like, you're helping actual human beings. I want to just highlight that while this happens randomly, so people should go in and assign for the roles. If you want an actual concrete, discrete time of, like, I want to go and do this, give me a time and place. There is a regular weekly schedule that they do, uh, which is... 1700 so 5 p.m utc on sundays the painight hotspot is in 60953 go and uh sign up for it on their discord get into the roles and and have fun with it dan you had another point you wanted to add
4: yeah um just something that i've literally just thought of uh, that we do in in the consortium um as a group And we've got guys go out mining whether whether we get trade dividends or not what what we tend to do is get the the escort guys to drop into something with cargo drop them some of the the haul and they can then trade that in so they they do get a percentage of the profit that's beautiful
0: that's great so yeah let's all uh let's let's all get involved in that go do it with the international mining uh intergalactic mining union they're awesome go do it with the Paladin consortium like get involved but this is this is cool get interactive gameplay so go do some of that um next up we've got tweak with your uh oh nope, sorry we've already covered that we've got the elite <laughs> week race news uh, i want to highlight that there's a guy named Andy X who put out a hilarious video on adventures in litho-breaking, an elite, dangerous speedball story. Arson, go ahead and cue it up. You're cleared for launch, Commander. Have a good run down there. Thank you, Control. Proceeding to orbital drop in coordinates.
5: is showing you off track but significant margin commander what is your status yeah i uh, slipped a couple of degrees off my intended profile back there making corrections now sacrifice a little prograde velocity to regain my intended heading Same gradient should still be in the green That's a no-go, Commander. Our display is showing your glide slope terminating in a negative altitude. Recommend you abort immediately. No, 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 I I got this, I got this. Just need to, just, just... Oh, no, you're right, I'm going down. Goodbye. Holy I'm still here. Uh, Midday control, I'm not quite dead yet. Affirmative, Commander. We are showing you in a fairly rapid spin, falling contact with the surface. I guess I'm spinning. I'm spinning like a Imperial in a room full of with their tighter on their with a shoved up a full triple axle with a sandwich in a storm. Uh, copy commander, we'll advise. It's a frankly not looking good on our instruments from up here. Still showing you on a spin at a ground speed of 2000. Yeah, yeah, thanks control. I'm trying every reaction control input in every direction. I'm just making it worse. I'm about to be a hank on pink smear. Uh, commander, flight control recommends you execute the Konami maneuver. Holy The Konami maneuver? Of course! All right, here goes nothing. Pitch up, pitch up, pitch down, pitch down. Y'all left, y'all right, roll left, roll right. Secondary, primary, boost. Oh, holy shit. It, uh, Seems to be working, Control. Establishing a stable retrograde. Oh, there, little mountain. Uh, Can you confirm, Commander? We're showing you departing a near collision with the central peak of the crater. Recommend you... Yeah, yeah, I'm okay now, Control. Thank you. I've uh, I've almost got it zeroed out here. Uh, Control just wishes to remind the Commander that Flight Assist can be reengaged at any point during an aborted gravity well run. Oh, uh, right. Thanks, Control. No problem, Commander. Repair crews are on standby. Security blankets back online. All right, coming to a stop. Oof. That was intense. Th- thank you for the help from up there. That's what we're here for, Commander. Is there anything else we can assist you with at this time? Uh, yeah, one thing, could you possibly relay the coordinates to the nearest rem laundry facility? Uh, Negative Commander, those facilities are unavailable until Odyssey goes online.
0: I love that. And I love his uh, closing message there. Be excellent to each other. I wonder where I've heard that before. All
3: right. Good stuff.
0: Arson, why don't you bring up the next thing, which is your, uh, the little project we worked on with the ed hud mod
3: Uh, ed hud mod is a wonderful mod it lets you change your hud colors Uh, you don't get a whole lot of choice over the colors but you can change things like your shields uh, and your uh, ship hologram and the lights Uh, you can change the brightness of the lights i don't have the controls set up for that right now because what i am running is uh, basically a first draft of automation for pressing keybinds that you can bind with ED-HUDMOD with an auto-hotkey script based off of recognition of the keystrokes that you make on your joystick. And I've been working with uh, WolfDragonVS in this in the back end after he helped Kai set it up. Um, And what I'm looking for is interest in ideas from people that have looked at ed mod and are kind of getting an idea of, ooh, you can have buttons change things? and give us an idea of hmm what kind of things would you like because like right now i've got the hologram when i deploy hard points it turns red when track them it turns white analysis mode turns it all blue and purpley combat mode red so uh if you're interested in this kind of thing uh pop in on the elite week and give us some show feedback um i will be happy to work with anybody that has ideas and then hopefully release this in the future and uh Give some more shout out to Ed Hudmon. Now that I'm using it, not just analyzing it from yeah. an outside view, this is easily one of the coolest mods. Especially when you add in this kind of customization with the keybinds that they can do. I Anyways.
0: want to give a huge salute. I want to give a huge salute to Wolf Dragon and also Controlodon. The two of them were working as a team to help me because you guys know me. I'm a I'm an idiot. I am a monkey when it comes to all things tech. So the two of them are the ones that got it set to where I just hit one key and all of my lighting stuff changes over and it's like in Star Trek where they go into uh, combat mode or battle mode or whatever where all of a sudden everything's flashing red and everything changes around from my analysis mode. It is fantastic stuff. Dan, I know you had a question on that.
4: It is less of a question, more of an assumption that obviously because it's bound to to a key bind, um, Mm -hmm. I would assume that... It's configurable with something like um, the voice attack, where you can tell it to—I don't know—for example, red alert to, yeah. to go combat, and it would switch your colors for you under that. One hundred
0: percent. All you do is use because you use you could use voice attack to set up custom keystroke threads. So you just use the keystroke that is assigned to E D HUD mod. Sorry, Arson, you were saying.
3: Uh pretty much the the same thing. Um the way that I have it set up is I have E D HUD mod set to accept uh keystrokes F twenty-four and f twenty-three, uh which most of you will notice those keys are missing off of your keyboards. However, uh Windows and applications in general support those. So the best way in my opinion to do it is to set up the auto hotkey macro, capture your uh keystrokes that you use normally to deploy whatever component of your ship and then the auto hotkey macro will then press the associated f23 or f24 or f whatever key that can't be really intercepted unless you intentionally do so to the actual hud mod so instead of programming it to do it with voice attack you can have it just kind of react to what your voice attack is doing. So if you deploy hard points with uh, voice attack, that keystroke's picked up by the auto hotkey macro, and boom, your HUD activates and changes your mode. There you There's go. all kinds of potential. That's why I want people to bring ideas like you just had into uh, the Discord, talk about it, and see if we can uh, get something badass put out.
0: Beautiful. Next up, we've got Sagittarius Eye Magazine podcast episode thirty. Issue thirty came out uh, on Wednesday, so this was a phenomenal episode of uh, Sagittarius Eye, as they all are. I'm a huge fan of Sag Eye. Um, let's see, this month's issue covered first the Carcosa War, the big back and forth on both sides, and and we we've already covered it. Uh, In actually some detail, but I feel like that the, the sort of commentary that was added by both sides of this real conflict between two player groups or two sort of one player group on one side and a coalition of player groups on the other side, I found to be amazing, really well done, really well thought out and really, really informative to get to the whole root of the issue on both sides and to really dig into it. In addition to that, part two of Spokes on the Wheel came out, which is covering the Dark Wheel project, the Turning the Wheel initiative that that we are, uh, you know, doing here at Elite Week. And it was phenomenal. Um, I I thought that it was well-written and they reached out to me and they kind of wanted to sort of make it about like me telling the story of what the Dark Wheel, you know, what we're doing. And I said like, Hey, I'm not trying to be, how do I say this? I'm not, I'm not trying to like blow you off. I have time to answer your questions, but I would really prefer it if you didn't focus the story on me, but rather focus the story of, um, what do you call it? Um, the the story of the 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 people involved the people of the, the black sky legion the rabbit hamster assault force the masses in general the people in the bgs planning committee the people of the various groups that are actually doing the work here let's not make this a piece about kyle let's make this a piece about the community that has come together to take part in this so and i think they did a phenomenal job in addition to that, they also covered the exploration trip of the Banana Nebula. And that was um, just really, really interesting and, and, and a good sort of, I think, counterpoint to all of the conflict in the other stories that were mentioned. Um, does anybody, anybody else want to hop in and comment on how uh, great the SAGAI episode 30 was?
2: Yeah, Sag guy is, is is always spectacular i have loved it I, again when i first got elite i devoured anything i could find regarding it and i stumbled upon sag and i loved the in-universe take of everything so i went all the way back to episode one and have gone forward from there and every i, I love the the monthly uh, releases that they're doing now and every week is just so great love sag
0: beautiful Next up, oh, go ahead. Uh,
3: I was just going to mirror the same. I've been planning to uh, go back and listen to all of them again. Um, I I will say the description of Kai. uh, I'm a little bit worried about that likeness to uh, a certain engineer.
5: (laughs) (laughs) All right, and now it's time for Tweed's tip, tip, tip of the week.
2: Okay, tip of the week this week, guys. This is going to be a quick one, but uh, the most common thing that I hear from our newer commanders that come into Opix is they are trying to build ships that can do everything, and and I try to tell them that really in this game, if you build a ship that can do everything, for the most part, you're going to come out with a whole lot of ships that are, eh, they're okay, but they don't really do anything great. Elite Dangerous really shines when you d- d- find a role for a ship and build it for that particular role. So you want to do CZs, you build a ship just for CZs. I, just a week or two ago, built a ship strictly to go out and hunt down the great five USSs for the manufactured mats because it kept taking me all the way over. So I really, really say devote your time. It, it is an expensive and grindy way to do it up front. But I promise you, in the end, when you have 25 ships in your on your fleet carrier or wherever you're keeping them and you get online and your friends say, hey, let's go kill these pirates or hey, let's go mining or hey, let's go uh, run some cargo. All you have to do is say, sure, let me hop in my X ship and let's go. It, it, it will be open the game up for you again and it's very
0: beneficial a hundred percent a hundred percent i follow that i i have well i'm not going to say how many ships i have i have
1: a lot of ships (laughs)
0: but uh, yeah for that exact reason all right beautiful let's move on to real life science starting off we've got anton petrov put out a video jupiter's moon io has a lot of very unusual things going on major discoveries this is super, super cool. So Io is a moon that's super, super close to Jupiter. In addition to its proximity to Jupiter, it also is in close proximity to several other bodies which orbit Jupiter. And as a result of which, there is a massive, massive amount of volcanic activity that is found there. Uh, there are all kinds of crazy sort of peculiarities with regard to Io. Um it 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 is one of the spots that scientists are really really looking into because of a lot of the um oddities of it and and are really really fascinating uh are fascinated to continue to explore. So Check out that Anton Petrov video. It is good stuff. Next up, Tweaked. Why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, give us your segment? So Dr. Robert Romanovsky of NASA
2: is featured on this video. It's really a fascinating video where they're trying to solve a problem. Now, what problem would NASA be trying to work on and solve? Maybe something with the space station or something with going to the moon again? No, 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 no. We're trying to communicate with Europa and and with the ice world of Europa, that is no small feat. So this is really a fascinating video to watch. There's some great scenery. He's very and en- engaging to listen to. This will be linked in the show notes, of course. I, I it's it's about 18 minutes long, I believe it was. So if you have. 20 minutes in your day that you have you know some time to spare i highly suggest checking this video out it's some pretty fascinating sciencey stuff right on uh
0: next up i've been really having a uh a sort of love affair with uh space time podcast lately this uh awesome little uh show that they do Uh, I've, I've, I've listened to a couple episodes this week. that really, really stuck with me. I want to highlight episode one Oh eight, uh, where they talk about NASA's dragonfly drone mission of, uh, to Titan, uh, Titan is, uh, one of Saturn's moons. It has fresh exposed water ice. Uh, and there's a finding in the journal of astronomy and astrophysics. The ESA has a, uh, dragonfly mission to Titan that is in the early planning stages. Uh, and note there's a group of scientists from the Cassini missions that have proposed that while further out, uh, with its relatively decent temperatures, thick atmospheres and magnetosphere to provide an abundance of materials for chemosynthesis and protection from radiation, the possibilities are actually very strong that Titan is a far superior long-term colonization project to Mars, where obviously still going to uh colonize Mars first because it's just that much closer but once it gets to the point where we're able to travel to the outer planets with more ease, Titan I think is the spot that's going to be uh the especially because of the strong magnetosphere and the abundance of chemosynthesis it has all of the chemical materials raw materials we need to make Everything, as in our oxygen, as in uh, the ability to grow food there, as in the ability to create materials for future travel, uh, both fuel and, and, and you know, HABs and actual machinery and, and, and devices and whatnot. It, Titan is super, super interesting. So, and there's a great book that we'll get into on, a, on another episode that, that that talks about that. Also Spacetime podcast episode 118 released today. They talk about the article that Roy mentioned in last week's episode of Elise Week Elite Week um, where they talk about possible other worlds that could be looking back at us using the transit method and then extrapolating the ones that can see us. Let's look at which ones are the most promising of them and you know, which one should we kind of fast track put on our, our our sort of list of ones that we should be really looking close to because maybe, we're seeing them they're seeing us we can figure out some communication method or some way to signal each other like hey we're here you're, you're here let's do this whatever uh that made it sound like a weird hookup but <laughs> you you know what i mean uh so they talked about that they talked about the iss uh Rus- <laughs> russian space module the the nalka who is delayed yet again. This thing was supposed to go up and replace a, a piece on the on the uh, space station back in 2007. 2007. It's 2020. It's delayed again. I think that project might be headed up by Chris Roberts. We'll see. Uh, NASA warned Congress about the dangers of allowing China to have the only low-Earth orbit station uh, and urges... Funding of a project post ISS, so the ISS is continued uh, or so, sorry scheduled to continue in service uh, until at least the year twenty thirty under the current um, sort of setup. And uh, as we as we talked about uh, in last week's episode, you know they they they're as of this week they are in the you know twenty years of uh, of continual manned uh presence in low earth orbit but um and we're scheduled to launch a second much smaller station called gateway that's going to be dedicated directly to the setting up of of uh, a permanent manned station on the moon um but you you don't just get an iss overnight you you have to start the process and you have to go through a um, sort of major uh process to invest in experiment figure out develop plan develop plan develop plan develop execute develop execute to get a space station to really really go so we need to be setting aside money now to figure out what's going to be after ISS, is it going to be just a matter of like major uh, uh, upgrades and refits and, and we keep this thing sort of going, or is it time to launch a new thing and start fresh with, with what we've learned over the last over 20 years and, and make a better thing? The, the, the Chinese have Tian Gong, which is uh, translated to heavenly palace. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's scheduled to go up shortly and, and nasa is now saying to congress hey man we need to figure out our next thing dan hop in on this
4: yeah i just wanted to say um you've already said it for me but the the happy 20th anniversary to continual um space science from the iss since it went up what will have been 2000 now um just brilliant that there's people still going up to that and now obviously we've got the the dragons going up to and fro um gets you of Elon Musk, who in his own right has said that he wants to pre- be the president of, um, of Mars. He wants to not be part of the international law now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I, I digress from that. It's just obviously happy birthday to the ISS. Congrats on making it to 20.
0: 100%. Roy, throw us out the next segment.
1: Yeah, so uh, it, this is about fast radio bursts. Uh, these are things that... Uh, astronomers have detected up until now only in other galaxies They're these mysterious uh, super powerful short blasts of radio waves uh, they've been seeing them since 2007 um, and the, the news is that for the first time one has been detected within the Milky Way there's been a lot of theories about what these are um, from things like colliding black holes to alien uh, starships or megastructures Um, Some previous research has suggested that uh, fast radio bursts might be from um, uh, exploding from rare types of neutron stars known as magnetars. Magnetars are uh, basically the most powerful magnets uh, in the entire universe. They can be like 5,000 trillion times more powerful than Earth's magnetic field. Uh, Anyway, in this new study, scientists reported that on April 28th, Two radioscopes, including one um, out of Canada, the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment, CHIME, uh, radio telescope. It's in British Columbia, uh, detected a fast radio burst coming from a magnetar in the Milky Way. And they said the signal was so strong that it would have shown up on your cell phone's LTE 4G data signal. I mean, think about that for a minute. Sorry. <laughs> Phones phones do well to catch a signal from a couple miles away uh, on a good day, and this thing uh, from somewhere else in the galaxy would have showed up in the data log of your phone, uh, the, how strong it was. Anyway, uh, this sort of paints the picture. It starts starts to fill in the puzzle a bit of what are these fast radio bursts? That perhaps most of them uh, are fast are, are fast radio bursts from other uh, magnetars. So that was the it's sort of chunking away at some of the mystery of what these are.
0: Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. That brings us up to Roy's stories. Let's get it going.
1: We rejoin our Inara Commander series with Unisakashiro's Unbound, Part 8, The Barfly. Vera Sillard had done it all. Years of trading, exploring, hunting pirates, and killing Thargoids had earned her the rank of triple elite quite some time ago. Now she was 48 years old and there were few things in the galaxy that surprised her anymore. If one asked her about her personal life, she would probably call it a mess. During her adult years she had gone through several relationships, mostly with other pilots of either gender, but none of them had lasted long nor had they been particularly intense or fulfilling. She was still a top-notch pilot, but years of experience had left her jaded and at times a bit cynical. She had just completed another mission, a regular hauling contract, nothing special, and was chilling out at the pilot's lounge of Coral City's largest spaceport. The bartender was busy preparing her third drink this evening when she noticed motion in the corner of her cybernetic eye. Another pilot who had just entered the lounge was sitting down at the bar, two seats away from her. When he caught the barkeeper's attention, she heard him order a beer. He seemed about half her age— She couldn't see his shoulder decals as they were covered by a leather jacket, but she could tell that he hadn't been a pilot for very long. After a while, she saw him pull a folded piece of paper out of a pocket in his jacket. Her cybernetic eye spotted the words, To Logan, written on it in what some people would probably describe as feminine handwriting. He unfolded the paper and read it. From her angle, she could not see the contents of the letter, but she could see his face, and it wasn't a happy one. He was visibly struggling to keep his emotions under control. After a while, he folded the paper again and returned it to the pocket of his jacket. He reached for his beer. His eyes seemed to focus at a point far away, as if he could see right through the walls.
6: Bad news?
1: she asked him. Her words brought him back to the here and now, he nodded.
6: Wanna talk about it?
1: She asked. He slowly shook his head.
6: She won't be the last girl to break your heart. That's how we roll,
1: she said with a wry smile. It's not like that, he said. She reached out her hand.
7: Vera Zillard.
1: Logan Valberg, he said, and accepted her handshake. They spent the rest of the evening talking at the bar. She listened to him describing the girl that had written the letter to him and the events that had forced them apart. Why she finally offered to help him find her, she could not explain, even to herself. If his girl really had left the bubble and nothing but a sidewinder, the chances of her still being alive were slim, let alone the chance of someone finding her. To Zillard it really looked like a hopeless case, but for some reason— She felt she wanted to save this boy from becoming another version of herself.
0: First off, like I'm I'm down for this. I was literally, as the story started to play, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be we've skipped like years and years, like decades ahead, and poor Yuna's an old lady and she's gonna be And then it was like no 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 Okay, all right, all right. So uh, let's go on to our discussion topics. Roy, why don't you present uh, the main
1: topic? Yeah, so this one's carrying on from uh, what we talked about a little earlier in the show about you know potentially seeing this new SR- SRV variant. And uh, I think we've touched a little bit on this past- in the past, but I'd like to open it up a bit to talk about like wh- what do you guys think and what does the community think about what we're going to see? What kind of SRVs might we see? What level of granularity, if any, would we see and how these might be kitted out? um is this going to be like a like a ship you can add modules to is it uh something you can engineer uh or is it just going to be more flat design and you choose from amongst a series of variants so uh why don't we we open that up for for a chat who'd like to go first
0: i'm specifically going last because i want to let you guys all get in people are tired of hearing me (laughs) go
3: I'm excited at the possibilities of SRVs. I think what I'm more excited, though, is not so much variants of the existing SRV, but perhaps maybe something a little bit smaller that might happen to be portable in our ship without a dedicated module. Wish list, maybe? That's all I've got to say on that.
0: Basically, you want speeder bikes. Yes, we got to get to it. We got no time to wait. All right. All right. Cool.
3: Tweet.
2: Well, with SRVs, with Odyssey coming up, I think there's going to be a bunch of different kinds to have. And and well, like Roy said, are we going to be able to like outfit them with different modules pertaining to everything? I don't know. I mean, I obviously, I think we're going to have some kind of a combat SRV. That'll be good times. Pew, pew, big explosions. FDEV did say we're going to have missions with first person on the ground, working with SRVs, working with ships in the air. So I think we're going to definitely need a different kind of SRV than what we already have for that. I also wonder if we're not going to be able to outfit our SRV for some kind of mat grind or mining on the ground to get the mats that we're going to need to engineer our suits and handheld weapons and things like that.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Why don't we get uh, our guest to hop in on this? Dan, hop in on this. What do you think on SRV variants and and or modules?
4: I I know the variants have been asked for 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 a very long time. Um, Obviously, we've had the Scarab since Horizons dropped, and that's the only option we've had. I mean, fighters, we've now got, what, six variants to choose from, Mm -hmm. not including different loadouts. And and I I think it would be nice to see different footprints from the the scarab, Re- rather than obviously the scarab's the eight wheel, six limbed mm. monstrosity that we know today. I'd like to see. I know some of some of the paladins would like to see um, caterpillar tracks uh, for a start. Yeah, as yeah. a different footprint for for the the SRV in its own right. Um, with that, potentially more cargo space because two units is it's impractical for a lot for the guardian stuff. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I'd just like to see a lot more variants from, from, uh, the whole thing. So beautiful,
0: beautiful, Roy, you had a thing you wanted to hop back in on this on.
1: Yeah. I was just, I'm curious what level of modularity they're going for. I mean, we only have the one, so it, you, we can't really say there's no, there's no evidence based on the current SRV, but even if you look at fighters, you know, we can't engineer fighters per se, and we can't change out different modules but you can purchase different variants of a given uh, sort of chassis of a fighter and i I wonder if we're going to see you know maybe there's three or four different srvs and you can get them in different with different kit or is it just going to be here's half a dozen different srvs and they're sort of monolithic you get what you get i'm not sure which which way they're going to go with that how much they want us to invest in the in uh you know unlocking or engineering or or building versus uh just using them as a utility.
0: Here's what I feel very confident we are going to get. I feel very confident that we are going to get SRV modularity. Now, two weeks ago on this show, we talked about toot modularity. Last week on this show, we talked about new ships and ship sort of modularity, some things that can happen with them. And 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 uh, uh, down to Earth astronomy brought up some phenomenal ideas with regard to a different pot- potential role. For the sr or sorry for the uh, uh ships i think what we're going what i what i absolutely believe we're going to get 100 for sure is srv modularity what you see in the side to side comparison that's on the screen there is an srv that is lightly armed and has two tons of cargo space on on, on an existing srv frame what i think you're going to see Potentially in forthcoming SRV modularity with regard to Odyssey is an SRV like the one on the right side that has heavy cannons, like multi-cannons, and has no cargo space. I think you might see one that has no weapons and extra cargo space, maybe four tons. You might see one that has <clears throat> um, no weapons, no cargo space, extra sort of speed. And distance uh, availability, extra jump range with the boost, Uh, you know, the kind of thing that you're going to see the racers all switch to, that it will be more sort of of that nature. I think that's what I think 100% we are going to see. What I would like very much and what I hope, I don't know, but I don't feel like I, I, I have sort of a right to expect, but I hope we will see is... In addition to the modularity, additional chassis types, I would like to see four or five different chassis types. I would like to see Arson's speeder bike. I would like to see, uh, Dan's, you know, heavy track cargo mining, whatever vessel. I would like to see, uh, a SAV, a, uh, a, 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 um, Surface assault vehicle that is <clears throat> maybe a little beefier in size and, 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 you know, has, you know, sort of no, uh, sort of use with regard to cargo and mining and whatever, but is dedicated directly to assault, some kind of little, little tank type, whatever thing. Uh, I would like to see possibly a maybe dedicated uh SRV that would kind of be similar to the current SRV but have very very limited capability would kind of suck at everything. but what it did do is it allowed you to roll to sort of a general area and then deploy sort of like the the new Mars rover that we've got with the 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 copter or whatever it can you roll up to a certain spot then you hit the the button to decouple the upper half from the from the roller bit, And now you have sort of a quadcopter that allows maybe for some better uh, ability to access certain places that you might need to get to for the engineering slash scavengering slash mining potential loops to survey or whatever. Uh, Roy, hop in on this.
1: Yeah, um, one thing that occurred to me is, Let's not forget Odyssey. Like if we combine this with the 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 on foot and and combined arms, why not an armored personnel carrier? Um, why not? Why not even something that's just like a pickup truck? You know, load everybody in the back and go bombing across the terrain, and everybody shoots from the bed, and and uh, you know that could be a lot of fun.
0: Jesus, Roy Roy hires his mercenaries from Home Depot a lot. Okay. <laughs> Dan, hop in on this.
4: So at risk of sounding more like Martian um, truck simulator or something, potentially the, the option for an additional trailer. So if you're mm-hmm. running around in, in like a, a four-wheeled, speedy SRV, slap a trailer on the back so you can carry still carry your, your cargo. Beautiful. At the same time, you, you could carry that and, and choose not to deploy that as well. So maybe.
0: Yeah uh tweaked
2: piggyback off of that with odyssey and with all this first person ground combat that we may be getting involved in or most likely definitely will be getting involved with how about a uh srv medic of some kind that can go around you know if my buddy is down on the ground wounded i can jet over there and
0: slap some metagel on them and make them all good again interesting I'm seeing everything in the chat from Tron bikes to hovercrafts and uh, I am digging it. So guys get in on this. This is community question number one, right in. You can reach us, uh, you know, at uh, all of the different places. We'll get into that later, but get in on this. What, tell me what kind of. What kind of either modules would you like to see added to the existing modularity of an SRV existing chassis or other chassis types that you would like to see? Uh I dig what you said uh uh Roy. Uh there is a similar in in the uh extended forever alpha that is Star Citizen. There is a uh, kind of a heavy uh vehicle that's like a heavy armored uh troop carrier, Mm. that uh, I think would would fit perfectly for this. What about, how about this? What about a large SRV that is like a heavy, modified uh, like assault tank type whatever, but that had a deployable you know, sort of embedded speeder bike in it, so that gives you sort of the best of both worlds for a recon assault force of like, this is the heavy fighter side of it, but you can have your buddy deploy in the little SRV speeder bike to kind of come around and flank or to get a, a recon of, uh, of a designated target or what have you. There's there's just so much to do there. Dan, did you have another one you wanted to add in there?
4: Yeah, just um, obviously with, with the, the whole multi-crew aspect, the one thing that's been lacking with that is multiple ground crew.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So being able to deploy your hollow telepresence buddy into your spare SRV as well
0: hundred percent. I, mm. I I have been saying for the longest time that Odyssey is going to give us a rework of the whole multi-crew uh, wing, all of those aspects, and and one of them that it's got to do is you got to sort out that whole you know multi-crew can't SRD and this that and the other. We that's that's got to be coming. All right. So that takes us to community question number two. Arson, why don't you go ahead and uh, present
3: that? Uh, so, Commander Dem- Demiser of D posted on the Frontier Forums for Elite a thread entitled Eliminating Emission Sources Should Gradually Produce Higher Grade Emission Sources. Uh, this is a kind of very simple uh, thread and content and idea, mm-hmm. and that is just that as you go through and you collect resources from signal sources and discover them and complete them, and they disappear. As that happens, the idea is that the signal sources should get better and better, uh, giving you better rewards. And I think that's something that would be absolutely fantastic and wanted to highlight that. Get people to perhaps uh, go onto the uh, forum thread and show their support or throw their feedback on why they think it's a bad idea. They don't like to engineer in a time I, <laughs>
0: I 100% agree with you with regard to that. The, the link is in the show notes for the forum thread. Go on there and get involved in that conversation. I very much like the idea of tying this in with what I've previously stated, oh, oh I don't know, everywhere, all the time, over and over and over till people are tired of hearing it. Things like pharmaceutical isolators, it's just absolute bullshit that you are required to trade to get them because let's be honest, the realistic chance that you can find them at any point in the galaxy is slim. I found them a few times here and there, but so many times you go to the famine outbreak, whatever system, yeah, outbreak systems. And then it says, oh, there's a high grade signal source. And you even you go there and then it's like, oh, Imperial Shieldings, thanks. That's not at all what I was supposed to get here. Um, I like the idea of I run these signals it generates more. It generates uh, at least a table, a possibility, some RNGs, black uh, magic that that I could get pharmaceutical isolators, or I could get this piece or that piece, or, or these kind of upgrades. Roy, hop in on this.
1: I, I was just going to say I'd be in favor of anything that gives a better way to grind this stuff than you know the cheesy way of relogging to pharma high-grade emission something that you f- you could feel like you have some bit of control over by you know if the, if the mechanism is you know as you farm them out you 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 winnow down the the better ones th- to show up or something like it's a it's a mechanism at least it's a mechanism that d- doesn't feel like you are sort of game immersion breaking to, to get the job done and let's be honest
0: it does feel dirty it's not a good look that it's like oh what's the most efficient way log out, whatever, it feels exploity. even though it's okay, it feels wrong. Roy, uh, I'm sorry, Tweaked. hop in.
2: I I would agree with that. I've been doing that lately. I just recently have been searching the whole galaxy wide for pharmaceutical isolators and military uh, supercapacitors, and and I found the isolators, not the military supercapacitors, and it's frustrating. I would be for anything that gives you a higher chance of finding high-grade emissions. And and on top of that, I even contend that all of the grade five manufactured mats should be available as mission rewards, just like your exquisite focus crystals and biotech conductors are. They should all be available on different mission rewards to get them that way, because there is, in my opinion, while farming it the cheesy way is efficient and quick once you find one, if you get there with a full 35 minutes on the timer it is the most tedious, boring, non-video game playing way to do it that we possibly could, in my opinion. And I would rather grind missions to get my mats than to do it that way.
0: Right on. Right on. I Yeah, so I I, I very much dig this idea of sort of having a way that we can avoid the, the cheap-feeling way of doing it and that we can direct and and access uh, additional stuff. So uh, let's see here, let's move on to, so the community questions number one is the SRV module variance, whatever. Number two is this idea of eliminating the emissions uh, sources. We have uh, a link in the show notes to the forum thread that you can go and get uh, involved in that forum post as well. But also you can write us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com you can, uh, for sure, um, you know, uh, come into the Discord, go to the community feedback channel, post on there. You can put it in the comment section of this YouTube video. Uh, or if you're watching on Twitch, just come join the Discord, man. Like, yeah, it's it's good stuff. I, I, I cannot enough tell you, like, over every week there's so many things that happen in the Discord and so many things that get linked and discussed and... And there's there's all kinds of messages and there's all kinds of, you know, whatever that's going on. Um, I'm going to say this week, uh, whoever uh, posts with regard to the community feedback, who uh, we're going to pick a winner uh, based on just whatever the criteria I like. Whoever has an interesting question or comment uh, that on the on the community feedback on one of these two issues and you're going to win the uh, album. From Miguel Johnson, the uh, Artemis, uh, uh, Expedition Artemis album. So get in on this and you too can win something. And also just have your voice heard and, and be a part of the discussion. It's good stuff. All right. That takes us to state of the game, folks. As far as I'm concerned, the state of the game is fantastic. It is rock solid, Uh got a slight upgrade for me you know from 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 last week um i'm feeling feeling very very good uh arson your state of the game
3: i'm having fun
0: beautiful roy state of the game (laughs)
1: Uh, i would just like to thank fdev one more time and the community at large for making this game an awesome escape from 2020
0: oh god yes uh tweaked state of the game uh state of the game right
2: now is very good to great the only thing i would say is in a perfect world in my perfect world i wish if this is coming to an all-out galactic war between the imperials and, and and federation and possibly the alliance getting involved i i wish it wouldn't just be with community goals so i wish that when i drop into a system i could see the imps and the feds going at it and and get pulled if i'm in certain i want it to be more difficult to avoid i guess is what i'm trying to get to but other than that i love the story i love the every day i get on it seems like there's a new gal net and i can't wait to see where the story's going the cgs are a ton of fun I'm, i'm having a ball with the game so i can't complain love
0: it fantastic dan what's your feeling on the state of the game
4: it is feeling good it's feeling more alive than it has done in in a few years i want to say um definitely in recent months it's feeling more alive so
0: beautiful all right so it's time for everybody to sign out my sign out is going to be be excellent to each other and also go check out the intergalactic mining union and go get involved in their thing go check out the paladin consortium get on their discord go to that get involved in their program for uh you know training pilots on survivability even if you think you know the stuff you might be surprised when they throw out a little gem here there and you're like oh shit, yeah i'm gonna add that to the repertoire uh paladins consortium have been fantastic uh uh part of the community and they've been a great guest here tonight and i just want to give you guys all the love and respect uh roy stay to the uh say goodbye to the beautiful people
1: (laughs) Fly casual,
3: but stay dangerous.
0: Beautiful. Uh, Arson, say
2: goodbye to the people.
3: Insert tagline here.
2: Okay. Tweet. Hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. Maybe learned a little bit of something here and there. And I hope you tune in next week. Have fun, everybody.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Tune in next week for our special guest, Watherspoon and Beetlejute of Galnet News Digest Radio. And the uh, vaunted position of the uh, the last say goodnight to the beautiful people goes to our guest, Dan.
4: I'm just the- going to keep it um, short and sweet. Good luck, have fun, and we'll see you on the flip side.
0: Arson Plays out.
7: he's got a quick hand he's looking around the room he won't tell you his plan he's got a rolled cigarette hanging out his mouth he's the cowboy kid yeah he found a sick shooter gun in his daddy's closet hidden with a box of fun things I He's coming for you All the other And then it's back, in nice I've waited for a long time A slide on my hand is now a quick pull